What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Brand new podcast coming right at you. But real quick, you know what we got to do first. We got to talk about the things that generate a little revenue for the show. First and foremost, we are brought to you by the Patreon. That's right. I launched a Patreon at the beginning of September. It's been going for a month. A good chunk of the video versions have already been transferred over there. The VOD store on Vimeo is gone. So the only place to get the video versions is on the Patreon at patreon.com slash mathslayer. In addition to the video versions, there's a bunch of exclusive content from the podcast, from other things I'm creating. And hell, if you don't really want to throw down the $10 a month for the VIP tier that gets you the video versions and all that bonus content, you can support $3 a month, which is only 10 cents a fucking day. If you're listening to this show and you're enjoying this show, do me the solid. Sign up. Every little bit counts. Unfortunately, I haven't talked about this before, but my ad agent that I was getting previous sponsors through closed down during COVID. So that's why there haven't been any like real sponsor reads in a while. I'm in the middle of working on that. But right now, Patreon is the main way that this podcast gets paid for. Doing any tier really fucking helps out. So please, come check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash Slayer. The other way you can support this show is at twitch.tv slash MattFNSlayer. Come hang out on Twitch. Come hang on the chat. Let's do some shots. Watch me play some games. If you have Amazon Prime, it is absolutely free to subscribe. Just takes a click and a moment of your time and also financially helps support me and the show. Once again, that is at twitch.tv slash Slayer. Also, also fun, fun. The Amazon affiliate link is, yeah, they rejected my appeal. It is gone. So don't click on that on any of the previous shows. Shit is just going to the void. It's fucking awesome. My guest this week is publisher, author, Michael Kazepis is back. We talk about him getting tear gassed in Portland, LA being weird, why it didn't work out for him, why almost getting recruited into the Armenian mob, his new book, and what he's been doing while he's living abroad in Greece. It's always good to sit down with Michael and have a good time. It's always weird when he's on. We always make a weird episode out of it, and this is no exception. So sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy Drinking Buddies. It's good. We're good. We're good. We are fucking going. Okay. After much trials, tribulations, we are fucking going. And the cameras aren't going to show that we're both in our like underwear, Donald Duck in it for this interview, right? Oh, they 100% are. Oh, shit. I should put my cock away. Why? Finish up. Finish up quick. Bonus content for the Patreon. I don't get a cut of that Patreon, though, man. I know. You're here for publicity. Am I, though? I mean, Am that- I here for the beer? Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. How long do you think these foam bricks behind us are going to last? Oh, yeah. So let's just tell the audience about that before they fall off the wall again. 
in my attempt to ever improve this fucking podcast, I bought some fucking sound dampening foam for the fucking studio living room situation. I bought the adhesive that was recommended to come with it. That adhesive sticks to the wall like a goddamn champ. The foam does not stick to it. Should we take a drink every time one falls off? We'll be dead. We will die. I mean, if you want to die on this podcast, I'm down. It'll be good for ratings. I, yeah, that would be good for ratings. Go viral. Just dumbass drops dead. The problem is, who am I going to get to edit it if I die? Yeah. Okay. It's a bad idea. So, viewer, listeners, that's viewers, listeners. What is this? This is video listeners. They're, they're primarily listeners. Okay. So, listeners can take a. Well, no, they wouldn't know the cue. It would probably just be you huffing. So every time Matt goes, that's your cue to take a shot. It's a good game. It's a horrible game. If you're if you're not drinking while listening to this, um, I feel bad for you though. I do too. I this is important. Yeah. I'm getting this fucking set up today. I need mm-hmm. fucking alcohol. Oh, you don't understand, people, how fucking angry I've been in the last like 20 minutes. You sip whiskey like you're drinking coffee. That was like a. Like a ah, refreshing kind of like <laughs> sip. That wasn't like a whiskey sip. That was like a early alcoholism. <laughs> early? I'm glad we're just saying it's early. There's one. Take a drink. <sighs> Motherfucker. <laughs> so with the headphones on, I don't hear them just like yeah. off the wall. The ones that are in my sight line are staying put for the moment. Yeah. I don't even know if they're improving audio quality because I am still being picked up on your mic. I know nothing about these things. I do. And I wish I didn't. I'm sure it'll be fine. I, I, most people I know that record them from like their mobile phone and just kind of edit it on their computer later. And it sounds like shit, but it works. Oh, no. I'll make it work. I will make it work. It just <sighs> fucking angry. Take a drink every time you have. Fucking angry. The end. Now we drink drinking game. How to try to kill your audience during one podcast. I also love that you've got in this in this like home uh, studio setup, you've got when you walk in the door, there's like a liquor cabinet. Then you walk down the hall, there's the bathroom. And then just past the bathroom is like a Hitachi wand. It's just like you're, you're like full service. Literally, like just, yeah, I love it. I'm not vibrating your butthole. I didn't ask you to. It seemed implied. Not doing it. I'll let the listeners decide. This isn't a live show. It should be, though. No, it really so shouldn't we be. We should be taking callers. What, is this the morning zoo? Hey, welcome to it. Now we drink with Matt Slayer and Michael Kazepis and our next caller, Bob from Cleveland. What's going on, Bob? Do you think I should vibrate Michael's asshole? And then Bob gets on like that serial killer on the Howard Stern show, and he's like, I just killed like three women and like just, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's who you would get. Motherfucker. <laughs> that's four. That's three drinks. Four drinks? All right. <laughs> The foam is just falling off the wall. And I think that's all in your angle, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can see. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I'm going to run out of beer. Okay. Giant um, fuck you to the foam mat. To, to 3M. It's a giant fuck you to 3M. Like, why is your adhesive not adhering to the goddamn foam? Yeah. Wish I had answers for you, man. Um, Gosh. I actually have vibrator as a note because I wanted to bring that up. Oh, you brought it up. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Hold on. 
Shit. I love that the guest has notes. I have no fucking notes. Yeah, I, I have a, a really bad. Uh, I'm unable to uh, actually retain information, so I have to like write it all down so I can go. Oh yeah, that thing. Yeah. Makes sense. I think it's like an ADHD thing, but you know. I mean, I got that too. Yeah, but you just wing it. It's great. Practice, like, practice, practice, our, practice. Our last, our la- my last uh, interview on here, just like veered quickly because I was sleep deprived. I just come in from a plane, and I was like a little bit anxious or whatever. And we just because that was the first time we had met in person. Was it the first time? Uh huh. We were right right into an interview. Uh huh. Did that just catch my burp? By the way. Uh huh. Okay. Cool. <coughs> nice. Yeah. Um, Whiskey and dim sum. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because I knew you because you'd interviewed uh, like Michael Seidlinger and Robert Dean set it up. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Dean. And yeah. And now I think I talk to you as much or more than either of them. I'm more entertaining than either one of them. I'm not going to comment on that. I'm not. Take, I'm not picking favorites. You actions speak louder than words. Robert Dean's out there like, you son of a bitch. No, he's too busy to realize it. Yeah. yeah he's pretty busy. Robert's just like, oh, oh cool. Who's up? He's just on. Cool. <laughs> he doesn't seem convincing. Yeah. Um, my my Robert Dean impression doesn't con- seem convincing that Robert Dean's convinced. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So let's see. What's happened since I since I was last on here? Um, started designing books. Uh, I the COVID. Yeah, COVID happened. COVID, because we did 2019, right? So, yeah, COVID wasn't even a thing that we there knew. Was like it was a massive economic crisis happened. Um, I'm assuming on, that ongoing. you, assuming that you got laid in Greece. I'm hoping. I don't kiss and tell. That's not kissing. That's fucking. I have no answers for you at this time. I'm not asking for who you fucked. I'm not like asking for her address. His or her address. I'm not judging. It, it's funny. I come on like um, podcasts and stuff, and I, I have a social media presence, and I put myself out there a lot. But I like my private life. It's like very glomar. Like I'm like I can neither confirm nor deny anything that goes on in my life, and I kind of like that. You've had sex before, though, right? I can neither deny nor confirm. Oh my god the the bio is going to say incel publisher. <laughs> I you know so be it done so be it I will put it out in the I, fucking bio and, and it's funny I just alienated like all your listeners they're like he's not going to talk about anything sexual like I'm I'm out well then you're going to have to make it up in drugs and rock and roll this is like when when uh <laughs> when Playboy was like yeah we're not going to do nude pictures anymore and everybody's like what the fuck I mean that's like, like that is a, as good of a business decision as OnlyFans being like yeah we're getting rid of pornography which they backtracked like well, yeah <laughs> somebody like, woke up from their coke binge and went whoa 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 what are we doing here I, i'm trying to understand the like the logic behind that was somebody i assume they have some, i don't know what their company structure is but i assume they have some kind of board where they make decisions together and go you know what and somebody pitched that and they were like yeah sounds great let's alienate all of our subscribers like everybody nobody fucking does only fans for not i mean people do people do people do they don't generate much revenue those people are serial killers no no there are definitely some like instagram models that are making that extra money okay yeah that is definitely i know that that some photographers use it as well because they have like 
archives of um, naked people um, and whatever. But what else do you what do you see on OnlyFans? What's on OnlyFans besides like they wanted to be Patreon? I mean, the site was launched to want to be Patreon. But Patreon allows new naked shit. Does not allow pornography though. Oh, that was the that was the big. Gotcha. So you could do nudes and stuff. You just yeah, as long do. as it's artistic and table. You cannot have an erect penis on Patreon. You can't do this on screen. You know, this is an audio format primarily, right? Yeah, I was doing the finger through the whole fingers thing. I don't know. What Michael was showing us how he thinks sex works. Yeah, that's how it works, right? It just it just go bloop once and you... you, you. I, I have a vision of you in a club. Like, hey girl, want to fuck? And then she's like getting naked and you just like grab yeah, her hand. Yeah, well, and uh, you, you just put it like this and you just fucking finger bang her hole. And you're just like, she's like, what are you doing? My sex. I feel like I should be an incel character right now. And I'm just like, you know, I heard sex is like when you're putting a, a, one of those um, chips away cookies in a, in a glass of milk and you hold it too long and it just dissolves in your hand. That's the, that's how it works, right? Yeah. You just, you just dissolve the cookie, it, dissolve the cookie. And then you have a baby. The cookie crumbs become a baby. Is that, is that right? Yeah, that's why my kid's name is Chewy. Oh, but I'm pump. I thought that's because you ate your kid. Well, yeah, obviously he's a delicious cookie. Why would I not eat the delicious cookie? You can't let it go to waste. Huh, how do we uh, go from OnlyFans to cannibalism that quickly? How did we not? Is there a term for, for cannibalizing your own family like there is for having sex with your own family? I don't know. That's an amazing question that we're going to find out an answer to right now. I, I think that's an important question that your your uh, listeners would want to know the answer to. You know? We're going to find out. Yeah, There's probably a German word for it that's like 60 syllables. Uh, Finale cannibalism. I'm probably mispronouncing that. What? F-I-L-I-A-L that is a thing. A-L, cannibalism. Wait, familial? Well, familial? No, there's familial, no M. Familial. There's yeah. no M. F-I-L-I-A-L. It's going. Filial. Filial. Filial, filial cannibalism. Or endocannibalism. Interesting. Is the practice of cannibalism one own locality or community? Huh. So there's various tiers. Like a Patreon. I mean, I wasn't going to plug the Patreon on cannibalism, but all right. Is that what you're offering for uh, um, top tier? Yeah, I will yeah, eat top you. Tier. Top tier. I will come to your house and eat you. <laughs> Give me a thousand dollars, and I will fly to your house and eat you. Oh no, it's a thousand dollars plus your paying expenses. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, I think that's fair. Like, that's, I'm not gonna be like, oh hey, I got to fly to fucking you know. Yeah, yeah, you don't Thailand. Was the tickets like fourteen hundred dollars or something? Right, like, I'm not doing yeah. it at a loss. That's dumb. But also because of the legal ramifications, I feel like there should be some catering and first class kind of shit going on with that. Like, yeah, and you need a good palate cleanser before the cannibalism. Yeah. Like, can I get a gelato or a sorbet? A sorbet. A sorbet is a good palate cleanser. Yeah, it is, it's one of those tiers that nobody wants. I remember, like, I put together a reading event once, and we put up a cocktail menu because I think reading events are fucking boring, so people have to drink to get through them. And offering free drinks gets people to actually show up because reading events, again, are boring. And uh, we, we had this, like, cocktail menu, and everything was free except for, like, we had these Jaeger shots. And they were, I was just like... I hate Jaeger, but I just wanted to put it on there and I charge a hundred oh. for them because I don't know. I, there's not really an anecdote there. It's just, um, and nobody bought them. Yeah. It was just a gimmick to just be like, everything's free, but Jaeger shots are a hundred bucks. And that didn't work out so well. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. I don't know where the Jaeger bottles are now <laughs> at the bottom of a landfill. I think I left them in the freezer of my last place I lived in here in LA. Yeah. 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 Before I moved. That's why they kicked you out. Yeah. Right. They, did they kick me out? Um, 
I don't know. Did they? I'm not going to get into that out of... Um, Three more drinks. Fuck. The foam is falling everywhere. No, I, I uh, realized I don't really like what LA does to uh, people that are in, that were in my sphere at various points. You I know after the fact, so if you've changed, I have no idea and I can take you as is. You're like, oh, if he was better than this, I missed out. But this place straight up like Mad Max is people's brains, I feel like. Because you have to survive. It's very populous and aggressive and uh, I don't want to use the term cutthroat, but kind of, I guess. Like even just going to the grocery store is like a lot. So... uh, Y'all soft in Portland. Yeah, we are. I like it. I don't think LA is that hard of a town. Well, see, I'm I'm not hard enough for LA, but I'm harder than everyone in Portland, and I kind of like that. That I'm the one that's like honking at people and flipping them off, and nobody does it back. You're like, I'm the one who fucking knocks in Portland. Yeah, I, exactly. I'm the one who knocks in Portland, but in LA, I don't leave my house because it's a scary world out there. Like, I seriously got a citizen alert a week ago. For a dude with a machete exposing himself. <laughs> Wait, like one-handed exposing him? I don't know. That was just the alert that popped up on my phone. Okay. I'll allow that. Report yeah. of man with well, machete exposing himself. It's funny. I remember I was like having dinner with my former roommates and we were hearing like uh, we're just in East Hollywood or whatever down the street. You know, you've been there. And there's just like gunshots going off and they're like, oh God, I don't feel safe and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, no, that's the safest point to be on that street is after a gunshot's gone off because nobody's sticking around for that shit. Like everybody's gone. The only person who's going to still be there is the person that got shot. Probably. Yeah. It's not a good day for them. Not really safe for them. But like I can go, I can walk to the store right now. There's very little unlikelihood that anybody's going to pop out and get me because somebody already you know, did that for the, for the evening, for that, for that duration of that, like hour police response time. Makes sense. If they even respond, they'll respond to gunshots. Okay. That's the one thing they're generally pretty decent about. They just more fell. (laughs) Take a shot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, um, trying to think of LA though. It's, it's been nice though. I don't hate the city. There's the last one on that wall. Oh, fuck me. So I pour my third glass of whiskey in 15 minutes. Yep. I can confirm that you are doing that. And you're drinking it as fast as I'm drinking my water. But, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> we, were t- we were talking about this on the car um, when we went to get breakfast this morning, or br- breakfast, brunch, whatever it was, dim sum, um, about how, like, Portland, cities like Portland and Austin are kind of like, they, they try to market their weird, and LA's like, no, here are celebrities. We're all totally cool and happy in sunny, sunny California, sunny California town. Come, come one and all. And then Portland's no. like, we're weird. And you go to Portland, everybody's like wearing North Face sweaters and going to Pete's. And you're like, that, that's not weird. No, we're quirky. And you go to LA and people are like shitting on the fucking sidewalk. And there's like, we were passing a fucking garbage can in a residential area and everything else is normal. There's like nice, and the garbage can was like at one point set on fire recently and it was just a melted puddle in the street. That was, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it was a, just like, it's whatever. strange place. And you're like, that was on fire. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're just like, yeah, that happens. That's uh, a thing. Like if 
I don't understand how like the dude with the machete exposing himself ended up on Citizen. Like, because if I was just walking by and some dude had a machete in his dick, I'd be like, "Sup, Bob?" <laughs> Bob is, you know him too. Got to know your neighbors. Yeah, no. Um, where, even if they're urban camping, do they say where that was? It said 0.5 miles. Oh, so it was like this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was somewhere where I could have been walking home drunk and be like, "Oh, that's a dick and a machete. Cool." Was he about to excise the dick with the machete? Or? There were no details. And for all I know, it actually could have been a female suspect. So, yeah. or someone who identified, who, someone but, who had yeah, yeah. A, a vulva and been like, yo, puss machete. Pushetti. Pushetti. Uh, sounds like an Italian last name. That's the dude that directed it. Right? Isn't that <laughs> his name? It's like something like that. I mean, for all I know. They, I will we'll go with they, had the handle of the machete hanging out of them and was swinging it around by their hips. I, okay. I, I think a guy could do that. I mean, you could definitely but, ram a machete um, handle up your asshole. Yeah. And like and, swing it around like a tail. But that's the thing. That's the... Okay, so I know we're, we're kind of just making light of this, right? But LA is genuinely this fucking weird. And you go to the Pacific Northwest and everybody's <laughs> like, look, we're so weird and quirky, but they're fucking normal. They're all normies up there. For the most part, there's like five weird people in all of Portland. And Austin has like a guy that wears like a buffalo like cowl thing and drives around on a motorcycle. Like that, that's not that weird. Didn't but that guy attack the Capitol? Maybe, but no, that it's a different guy, I think, probably, hopefully. But um the the shaman guy. Right? <laughs> what was his name? It was like the, the Q shaman or something. The QAnon shaman who has now renounced it. And that fucking I don't care if I piss you off with this one, but that fucking piece of shit when jail was like, I have dietary restrictions. I'm going to go on a hunger strike because you're not meeting my dietary restrictions. Like that's what you believe in so strongly. You're fucking. uh. (laughs) It's kind of humorous to me that like the weird, like, uh, uh, gluten-free dietary, like, diet obsessed like pacific northwest culture is now like infecting the like right wing of the united states and they're like oh i just i i I have a gluten intolerance i can't do this i can't do this jail thing and you're like the fuck i think that really falls under don't do the crime if you can't do the time yeah yeah if you can't eat bologna on white bread don't do crimes is that a euphemism no that's legitimate just bologna on white bread Sheriff Joe down in Maricopa County, Arizona, used oh, that to fucking asshole. Yeah, used to put people in tent cities and feed them bologna white bread to save money. I mean, was there like ketchup with it? I don't know. I ain't ever been to jail. <laughs> I, Believe I, it or not, folks, never been arrested. I haven't either yet. Um, Dejong. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't get arrested last summer just because I was working around the protests and also just um, there. Uh, um, pretty f- just not even protesting some of the times just because I had to commute back and forth from downtown. I'm surprised I didn't have more run-ins. I only had one instance where I like got detained. Re- like no, where like shit was like getting fired at me directly. Um, what do you do in those situations? Well, <sighs> have you ever been tear gas before? Nope. Oh, it's cool. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, you can't really do much. So tear gas has this like really shitty, uh, way of making you at once dizzy. Like you just smoked way too much weed and also like you just rubbed 
you know, like a habanero or some shit in your eyes, right? Like, you, or you just ate like a reaper uh, pepper. And it's like that simul, it's disorienting. Like, I, I, you I think get, that's kind of its job. Yeah, yeah, you just get temporarily blinded and you're like, not, it doesn't even hurt so much as it like, it's just disorienting. And the shock of it, I think, is the the your brain is just like I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, exactly. Your 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 the stimulus is so overwhelming. And what what I did in that situation was I just kind of found a wall and felt my way along it to try to get away from where I was going, or where they were, or whatever. But the way that the Portland cops were, they were like, "Oh, we'll direct everybody here," and then walk them right into another line of cops with batons ready to go. And I about bumped into an officer, and he raised the baton to hit me. And I was like, bro, <laughs> like really weakly, just this is me being very aggressively like, I was like, don't, <laughs> I can't see anything. And I was like, just give me a fucking minute. And I just kind of like staggered back and he, he looked at me and he was just like holding the baton. Like, like I was being like scolded with a newspaper and I kind of just backed my way off. They hadn't started hitting or like really deploying any of the crate. That was like the second or third night of the George Floyd protest last year. But, um, yeah, later on, though, they they were, like, straight up tackling people and shooting tear gas into people's, car, like, passing cars and shit. It was wild. Like, that was, that was uh, I think, we had, like, the longest running uh, protest in the United States. Yeah. Police gone wild. Yeah, it was. It, it's a shitty sequel to Girls Gone Wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry, I just got a, I, I don't mean to derail you, but I just got a horrible vision of cops, like, flashing the camera and then tear gassing people. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, um... I so throwing beads at people that just more tear gas. I just I that changed a lot of how I even when I was just going to work and working and seeing the difference in response because there were days that there weren't even um, like I guess we'll just say liberal for the sake of putting everybody on the center left or whatever at minimum uh, liberal and left protesters at they, there was days that they weren't there and there were like right wing protesters and the cops would be like they wouldn't even be messing with them. And shit like that. And I could see this stuff like outside of my workplace. And I and I watched like people drive like uh, on the right wing side of things, drive through a parking garage with a pickup truck, like drive right through the, you know, the, the control arm thing and try to like run down other protests. It was like some weird shit, man. That was uh, that was part of the reason I wanted to come down to L.A. because I was like, I got I'm, I'm kind of tired. And now you're going right the fuck back. Yeah, I'm going. Well, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Because yeah. there's no possibility of ever popping off again. I mean, it probably will, but I'm not going to be downtown as much. I'm thinking I might get to be Portland's a lot. Of, I know how Portland kind of works for me. So living there is I know where all the offices to do stuff are. I know I don't have to wait in line. I don't have to make appointments like I do here for shit. It's it's worth the, that kind of a stress. I don't know that we're going to have like another. God, I'm going to regret saying this. I don't know that we're going to have another massive worldwide pandemic thing that's going to happen right after this one, at least hopefully. Oh, no, this one's just going to go on forever and ever and ever. Maybe. But everybody's acclimating to it for better or worse. No, no, they're not. That's a goddamn lie. Compared to last summer? I don't know. I didn't leave my house last summer because that was dumb. I did. And they were, they were, uh, people were a little weird, man. I mean, the protests weren't dumb. Leaving your house was dumb. Yeah. If you're leaving your house, that's going to be taken out of context. That's going to be clipped. Whatevs. I think I think people understand the there there was a it it was a balance between 
trying to adhere to like public safety type stuff and also going up to show solidarity and, you know, wreck some cop shit too. Well, um, and I love the, like the right when people are like, Oh, how come we got to stay inside and not sure fucking protesting? Like, Hey motherfucker. Well, here's the thing. The protest, another one fell. The protesters were, uh, in my, when I was there, they were all taking social distancing very serious. So it was kind of funny because as, 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 Portland has this national reputation as of last year for being this like lawless place, but they all like to follow the rules, which is hilarious. Right. So they'll be like, we're going to anarchy, take down the cops. And then they're all six feet away from each other. It was That's like, a piss poor phalanx. Yeah. 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 And, but they were being, I, I, I mean, I viewed it as like, you know, doing your, I'm going to sound like a damn American here, doing your constitutional duty to, to, you know, assemble and all that kind of, kind well, of stuff. What I, what I, what I said to a lot of people that were like, Oh, I can't believe, you know, you're allowed to avoid lockdown. If you go protest, like that's not how that works. Though. Well, it's not how that works. And also like it's societal anger. These yeah. people are taking to the streets to protest. They're going to do it. If you say it's legal or not. So lo- yeah. lawmakers and stuff like that don't want to completely lose control of the situation by being like, no, you can't do this either. Well, and your problem too, though, is the protests were so widespread that who are you going to get to enforce the, uh, uh, um, lockdown stuff if they're all busy handling the protest stuff they had to switch priorities exactly there are only so many fucking resources it doesn't mean that you can i don't know i I feel weird because it's anytime you're having a discussion like this you always sound like you're being the authoritative voice and it's just two guys kind of just voicing their opinions or whatever but it it seemed like like i know portland on both sides of shit were by like by like day like 80 or whatever where everybody's just fucking exhausted and and people who hadn't gone to protest were like going suddenly, and people who had been going the whole time were starting to go home and stuff because everybody's just got like they're just done. And cops are quitting, and new cops are being cycled in. The feds are bringing in like cops and stuff like that. It was it was, it was like we got to, we actually got to see a point in a protest where the the bench came in. You know what I mean? Like if you're talking like a baseball game or something like that, all the bench players that never get subbed in, they were all working by that point on some on cop whose guts like yeah, yeah pouring yeah. all over his fucking duty belt yeah the dude that's like man i got i wanted to just i was just doing office work and fucking now i gotta do this shit and yeah he's yeah. winded looking at protesters yeah. like, oh, come on man well, don't maybe chased you the you know the cops were being shit but the protesters to their credit i i remember i left oregon in like for my birthday right and uh in in june i went to visit my family which is also a covid no-no but um, how many family members did you kill? All of them. Inheritance, bro. No, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, COVID's natural causes, so yeah, that works. No, I just wanted to be near them. I didn't really go inside while they die. Yeah, I get it. I kind of just stayed at the end of the driveway and said hey and stuff like that, and stayed in a hotel. But um, anyway, so you could the- kill poor hotel employees. Good yeah. job, man. Contact free. How are you contact free at a hotel? Yeah, I don't contact people when i'm in the hotel i just kind of stay in the room oh yeah housekeeping staff you just yeah i don't i don't i put the don't disturb sign on the door and sleep in dirty ass sheets for like a week yeah i actually don't like housekeeping coming up and coming in and fresh oh, same, same. I, I don't trust them like not, because i know what i would be like i'd be like oh shit that dude left his ipad out you yoink because i would take it i am not stereotypical. A lot of hundreds 
I am not stereotypically thinking that yeah. housekeeping is going to rob me. I just don't like people in my space. No, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, and I don't mean this to be that housekeeping people are going to, it's just my, my, it, like if I leave my shit at your house and you are home, I'm going to be like, is he going through my shit? No, I'm just masturbating into it. Yeah, that's what I mean. And and I don't want people masturbating into my, like, like, I don't want to open my laptop and see somebody's like cum puddle. I mean, it makes modern art just, when you open it up. Yeah. And the people who are listening <laughs> can't see me miming the opening of a, of a MacBook and just the, the, the strands. Just modern yeah. fucking art, yeah. sir. Almost cartoonish, you, like glue. Yeah, you can resell that. Yeah. I'm doing you a solid. I'm giving you a Matt Slayer original. But, uh, oh, but, but I came back. So, like, it was disorganized, right? And, and I went to visit family and then I came back a couple weeks later and, and the protesters went from the like six foot away from each other and observing the stuff to they were like, doing some weird shit where they were radioing and they were like checking the wind patterns and stuff like that. And they were guiding the cops up to into the wind as they were being tear gas. So the wind would blow the tear gas right back at the cops. It was like, they went from like uncoordinated basic shit to suddenly they were like trained. And I was like, Oh shit. Speaking of like trained protesters, Two weeks. did you see like the Hong Kong protest where they're like, Fucking throwing cones over it and like yeah, yeah 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 the Portland people I knew were like actually watching that stuff and going this is what we're gonna do and 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 I remember I, when I got tear gas a couple times or whatever people were just bringing it was like Maalox or something like the the um uh is it calcium carbonate kind yeah. of shit they were bringing Maalox and and uh, stump indigestion type things and you pour that sh- like a solution that's like uh, I don't remember exactly but it's like water in that I think diluting it a little and it, and it actually uh um i totally lost the word it totally uh neutralizes neutralizes that's the word it neutralizes the tear gas uh, burn on your eyes and i have a picture on my social media where it's like me with all this cr- it looks like somebody gave me a, like a proper money shot and i've got like all this like white crust and stuff down my face and i look like i just got like the, my ass kicked or gang banged whatever you want to call it i know i'm bukkake in that yeah, situation I got bukkake and uh it was the it was the Maalox or whatever um it, it was it was like instant relief it was cool like they should be marketing that shit yeah i don't think that's their plan no no but they probably they probably made money i know i have friends who work at various that sounds so ominous ominous but i have friends who work for like um companies that produce stuff like that and they were saying that like their profits shot the fuck up during COVID. And I imagine the same was true during the protests where like the, the manufacturers for like ballistic goggles and, and fucking, you know, uh, um, indigestion medicine and spray bottles and all kinds, you know, like all kinds of shit gloves, um, probably made bank all summer, you know, cause I know that like, people who make like uh like all the ppe shit were were like mass producing the fuck out of that and making a killing maybe maybe the uh Maalox people trained the protesters so they keep it going they had some sales rep down at the protest like hey fellow protesters do you know what i found that works well against tear gas <laughs> Maalox. here's a lacrosse stick everyone just passing them out and then they're like teaching them to play lacrosse because did you see the footage of like the cop shooting tear gas and dudes catching it and, and you know those dudes are white right like <laughs> who and, and they're not there is like a certain kind of white like i i never played lacrosse because i was in a semi-rural high school in ohio the type of people i know that played lacrosse they have like a golf uh, um like uh, um 
what do you field like field a, hockey no golf like a golf uh course course yes course there's i'm losing all the words man um half have, a beer they have like golf course backyards and shit you know what i mean um but there were <laughs> dudes catching the 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 tear gas in lacrosse stick with lacrosse sticks and whipping them right back over the fence at the cops and that was some of the funniest shit i've ever seen because it's like on one hand that's that's some talent like that the dude catching that shit like i couldn't have caught the projectile except maybe in my face right and the dudes are like the net's like not very big it's like the size of a coffee mug or some shit i mean that's how you play lacrosse so, so, yeah, and I'm wondering, like, if there was, de- like, there were detectives, like, all right, we're going to narrow down all the lacrosse players in the region and find out who moves like that. I don't know. This is, this is going off the rails. Um, no, 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 this podcast go over the rails. Oh, no, does there your, are no fucking rails. Does your podcast ever, um, like, stay on track or, or have, like, normal conversations? Or is it, is it all, like, some crazy shit? I mean... You're telling me you don't listen to the podcast? Thanks. Well, I've listened to some of it, but I I don't listen to like a lot of podcasts, which is a weird admission to make considering I'm on them. Um, well, the ones you have listened to, have they stayed on the rails? Have they been normal conversations? No. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. And your clips are always like taking out of context, like the weirdest. Really, one more dropped. <sighs> um, Take a take a shot. I'm out of water. I gotta pour more whiskey. I just want more third fifth class. Yeah, yeah. I noticed. Um, we're already like on the. We're rewinding the clock to the protests and shit. Um, I like how we're working our way forward from from the last time I was on the show. And then by by the end of two hours, we'll be like, and we had dim sum this morning. Are we doing a full two hours? No, we're doing six. Six hours. Okay, cool. Um, it's a marathon till the SD cards go dry. Um, okay, so let's see. The protests happened. I moved to LA. Didn't really like it. And then I went to Greece for the summer. Um, so why didn't you like LA? I don't know, man. I, I mean, I like everything except for, like, I hate... It's little shit. It's like having to fucking move my car twice a week for street sweeping. Um, and... Well, if you're in a better tax bracket, that shit wouldn't happen. <sighs> yeah, that's, that's a fair point. I don't gotta move my cars. Yeah, um, the <laughs> parking just sucked. I remember trying to go to a bookstore one time. I was just like, I want to check out a bookstore downtown. I don't remember which one it was. My, I don't remember. Um, probably the last bookstore. Yeah, probably. And I was like, I tried. To, I gave myself like a ten block radius to find parking, and I was like, everything was under construction. And because COVID was kind of easing up on restrictions, they started filming downtown again. So every turn I would make would be everything's cordoned off because there's construction work or I would take a left turn, go under a bridge or some shit and there, and I wander into like a Falcon and the winter soldier fucking thing or some shit. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, Oh, they're filming some shit here. And there's like a Disney van and some other shit. And so I had to like, you turn, there was like a guy that was like with the, 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 the you know, like the lightsaber baton thing, um, guide. It was guiding me back out and was like, are you going to turn left? Or are you going to, you turn, are you here for this? And, and I'm like, I just wanted to go to a fucking bookstore and I don't want to pay $50 for a fucking lift from Hollywood to get. You know, they do have a red line. You could have just taken the train. What the fuck is a train? Well, Michael, they invented the train many, 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 many years ago. It is a point of conveyance where it takes you from point A to point B along steel tracks. What? That's That sounds like bullshit. And there is one that goes from Hollywood 
to downtown LA, believe it or not. Where is this one? This fabled stop. Well, from where you were living, you could have gotten on at either Hollywood and Western or Hollywood and Vermont. Okay, I know where both of those are. That's really close. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Anyway, moving on. And then you could have been right downtown. Look, I just wanted to for have a dollar seventy-five. Dollar seventy-five. My car was free, and I just wanted to. No, your car it. was not free. You spent more on gas getting down there. I don't care. Oh, all of a sudden, money doesn't matter to you. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah, I should. I'm. That's why I'm not in the the higher tax bracket or whatever, right? Because I'm just making dumb decisions like like paying for my dim sum, paying yeah. for your dim sum, and. Uh, yeah, me, me and me and uh, Mister Mister Slayer here, Doctor Slayer. You should you should get a PhD so I can call you Doctor Slayer. Um, have an arrangement where I can ca- crash his couch and for like up to two nights if I buy him dim sum. It's a good deal. Yeah, it's it's somehow slightly less expensive than a hotel. So yeah, yeah, still cheaper than the green barbecue we had yesterday. Oh God, I don't want to talk about that. We were supposed to do this podcast yesterday and. Someone fell the fuck out. You pushed me to my, uh, we were like, you know, (laughs) so there's like, you know, this type of bros who will like, I can outlift you and they'll just be pumping iron and shit. And they'll be like, I'm going to stack more weights on. And and, and, and me and you were like, one more round of meat (laughs) just kept coming. And I was like, I can hang. I can hang. I'm, I'm good at this. I haven't eaten all day. And, uh, I made the mistake of eating sides at the same time. I was eating like the main meat stuff and drinking beer and and whatever that one shit was soju yeah soju and uh and water as well and i got to a point where my stomach felt so full it hurt it was like i've not felt diaphragm pain from eating in a long like since i was a kid and i was like i have to i think i'm done and 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 then you pointed me to the sign where they're like if there's any meat left you know, they're going to charge you for an additional plate. And I'm like, oh, fuck, there's like a whole bowl of meat. And I had to like force myself to eat that. While he was doing that, I ordered another round for yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then I ate off his plate. Yeah, you had like one piece of pork. I know, but it was a, it was a power it move. It was a nice gesture. It, was a, it wasn't a nice gesture. It was a, just a dick power move. It's just like, I'm, I'm, I got space for this. Yeah, you, you'll see it as a dick gesture. But my, your projection to me was you were helping me out. And uh, I'm going to say thank you. And anyway, so we. I, I love that your trauma is just putting you in denial. Yeah, right. And then we're gonna yeah, the trauma of you eating more than me. The trauma of the whole experience. So man. we get back to the back to the apartment, and we're like, yeah, we're gonna do the podcast. And I'm like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit down on the couch. And then I was out for fucking six hours, seven hours, and I woke up at like two or three a.m. and I was like, oh fuck, Matt, there's like messages on my phone. You we awake? You you okay? That kind of shit. And uh, yeah, instead I just streamed till one a.m. Yeah, yeah. That was that was disorienting. I, I I've not actually gone into a full coma before from food, and it was the best sleep I've ever had. So I'm thinking when I instead of like, you know, taking it like having an edible or or um, taking some like sleep medication, I might just go get Korean barbecue until I'm about to fucking burst and then go lay down and be unconscious for a solid eight hours. That was like some fucking Disney cartoon bear sleep. That was like blue shit. It was amazing. <laughs> Fucking, I, I, I can't recommend if you have sleep problems to go just get, just get K barbecue and try to keep up with, me. try to keep up with, yeah, just, you're, you should, that's why you should get your PhD. You'd be like, okay, come to my office. We're going to work on your sleep and you just fucking turn it into a contest. And when they're about to pass out, you, you drive them and drop them off and then they 
fall asleep on the steps of their apartment building or they make it to bed and then they're unconscious for like eight hours. It's it's perfect. And the best part is I know actual competitive eaters and I'm not that hard. Yeah. Yeah. I did a pizza challenge with actual competitive eaters a couple of years ago. I'm like, oh, I thought I could eat. Oh, no. I well, cannot eat. Well, you had an advantage because you weren't eating any of the sides, and you. Oh, I ate a bunch of kimchi, and you, yeah, but you, but I was eating like the noodles, the salad, the like different shit, and you were like rookie mistake. You warned me at the beginning. You're like, dude, you don't eat those, and I was like, I just want. I mean, them. I'm like, they're delicious, but you don't eat them. Yeah, and I, and I just had this feeling that there was there was like some somebody in the kitchen just watching me specifically, like you know what I mean? That paranoia where they're like, ha, 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 dumb son of a bitch thought he was gonna eat all that. Well, the service was like, I love that spot. Don't get me wrong. Service was a little slow yesterday, but I think they saw me coming in fucking track pants. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Matt's here to party. Yeah, you came in straight up in. You were dressed kind of like The Rock circa 1999 after he had the pec surgery. But no, it was no, like black no fa- shirt. Like no fanny pack. Pants. Yeah, no fanny pack. Giant gut, though. You're about to hit me with the fucking steel chair like 17 times. That was like, that was a good outfit. For eating, for eating Korean barbecue. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm literally wearing the, actually the same outfit right now. Yeah, I think both of both of us are like disgusting enough to be wearing the same clothes two days in a row. Oh, what's well, even worse is I took a shower before I put the same clothes back on. That's really weird. I mean, I put on fresh underwear and socks. I like how like so listeners of your podcast are like, wow, he's 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 got life insurance to cover catering. Uh, and then with me, if they've heard me before, they're like, that guy thinks that pigs should eat human flesh, and then we should sell the pig meat. And that's a way to like solve hunger and population problems. And, and then, you know, like you go through some weird shit. It's nice. Is it weird? Is it really weird? I don't think it's weird. Hmm. Why do you think it's weird? It's weird compared to what people talk about on like, even like the true crime podcast and shit like that, where they're supposed to be all gory and shit is like usually very, uh, sanitized. They're talking about actual people who died. We're talking about theoretical comedic concepts. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I haven't fed anyone to a pig since we've been gone. I don't know what you were doing in Greece. Well, I was just working on my startup, which is about ending the coming hunger crisis. Do pigs like human flesh with olive oil or without it? (laughs) That's a good question. I don't know. See, you didn't do enough research while you were in Greece. (laughs) Man, I just like coughed in the microphone. Yeah, gosh. What did I even do in Greece? Uh, saw my brother get married. I did do that. Did not have sex. I did um, a bunch of book designs. Did not have I, sex. Are you going to say that every time I listen to something? <laughs> I'm going to be like, I ate a shit ton of food. I actually gained weight. Did not have sex. Which is probably related to that, right? And then. Uh, Why? I thought Greek women loved healthy men. <laughs> Have I, I been, know, I have I been deceived? Re- I don't even know how to respond to that because, like, the portions in Greece are the opposite of healthy. And, like, oh, oh that was air quotes healthy. Like, oh, oh you know, like air quotes. He, yeah, yeah, I got you. He's a big dude. He's a healthy boy. Well, even big is relative, though, too, because I'm, I'm what, six foot two, and most Greek dudes are like five, eight. Um, and that's like tall for Greece. So, so all the Spartans were like five, four. Oh, yeah. A tall shield, tiny dude. Yeah. Yeah, they had these giant-ass shields, and they were just, like, little dudes. That's why they... Why do you think they were so, like... They're hard to hit. They're just hard to hit, man. 
less target. I'm torn between like making fun of Spartans and not because like my family side of things is from like the like part of my family is from like the money area where Sparta is, and then the other and then I grew up around Athens, so I'm always like, oh, do I make Athens jokes or do I make Sparta jokes? Like. Or all of them. Yeah, but if you wanted to be, if you were going to be an ancient Greek, I, th- I feel like a Corinthian was going to be the one you wanted to be because that was like the Vegas of of ancient, of the ancient Greek like city-states. I mean, yeah. do you want to be a, living in Vegas now? Not really. Not like that, but they had like the Temple of Aphrodite where you just go up and you're like, oh, it's like a brothel, but it's holy. Yeah, I don't want religion in my sex. I think it was more sex in your religion. I don't want either. Fair, but... That was a different time. I want godless orgasms. Sorry. <laughs> godless orgasms. That's a... That's a clip. Yeah, that's the that's the clip. <laughs> just, it's like the clip... It's like you say that and then it's just silence for like a solid... Me doing the Muttley laugh because I... Try not to laugh, and I'm just like, "What? Oh my god! It's allowed. You're allowed to laugh on a comedy show. If someone says something funny, it's only polite to laugh at it. You don't have to be like, mm, straight face. No, I, mm, I, I. No one said anything funny here. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why I hit like a Dudley Do Right, like <laughs> fucking villain, <laughs> snidely whiplash. Uh, mm. It's, it's, I, a, it's I not polite know. to fucking laugh. Mm. Twist my mustache. Oh man, those cartoons though. They don't make cartoons that good anymore. They make different cartoons. The, the adult like swim type stuff and like the more uh, adult humor kind of cartoons are good. And the animation is interesting and good. But like the, the, the shit that they make for kids ever since like the l- late 90s onward is some of the most sanitized looking shit I've ever seen. And all the hand like the Hanna-Barbera stuff, they all look dirty. Like all those all those animals in that cast look fucking like. Like, some of them are dressed like they'd pop out at the bushes and, like, fucking open their coat. I mean, fucking Yogi Bear's wearing a, like, dressed like a Chippendales dancer. He's got a tie on and nothing else. I love that he has a fucking tie and a collar on. Right? Doesn't he have a collar? Yeah, he does. He's got, like, a fucking... Collar, hat, tie, nothing else. Yogi Bear's, like, going to the fucking store. He's like, ooh, a French collar by itself. Yeah, like, that. that's... I mean, that's my sex look, too. Just collar, tie, hat nothing else yeah yeah when you were being you were we were out on the porch and you were asked uh, earlier if, if you own a suit and I, I feel like that's what you're you were in your head you're like yeah i have a suit and it's just the tie with the collar and you just yogi bear like a picnic basket but it's full of like sex toys uh, it's full of sex toys yeah hey boo boo we're gonna fuck that ass someone's gonna listen to this and then make that they should like, that's a fucking script they should and if you do please hire me i will write it for free i'm here for you i want to get an email tomorrow this, um, that'd be amazing. This isn't being released tomorrow. Fuck. I mean, someone's bugging my apartment. That would be well. That's why the foam can't stay on the wall. It's hiding the bugs. <laughs> I mean, there, do you ever do you ever think about like not not necessarily like somebody bugging you, but do you ever think about how like this there's like the layers of society beneath society and stuff like that? Like I was telling you about the Armenian flag thing yesterday, right? So I have uh, my van parked on the street in Hollywood and I was like, I have all my shit in it. Right. Like, and I'm like, I don't want this to get broken into. And I was talking to one of my Armenian friends and I'm still up in the air about whether to refer him to him as my Armo friend, because Armo is apparently a pejorative, but all Armenians refer to themselves as Armos. I don't know. I'm confused. Anyway, 
Was, well, it's like the N word. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, like people use it as a pejorative, but all of my Armenian friends will be like, yeah, just put the Armo flag on your, on your dash. And I'm like, Oh, but is this okay for me to say? I don't know. I'm not saying it with an A or an ER. So yeah, <laughs> I'm not getting into that conversation. I mean, I'm not, I'm just not but doing like, it, but like I'm Anatolian Greek, right? Like on, on the other side of my, um, on the other side of that. And that's like a degree. We're like, ne- well, we would have been next door to Armenia, you know, once upon a time. And so I feel like a kinship with Armenian friends, which is why I have like a lot of, where I'm like, what should I do? And they're like, just put an Armenian flag on your dashboard and, and make it like obscure anything that's in the back that you can see from the driver's window. And I did that and I was like, it looks kind of ominous. And they're like, yeah, that's the point. And they're like, by the way, you'll probably get a phone number on a piece of paper slipped under your windshield. And I was like, say what? And so lo and behold, two days on the street, I walk out to check the van this morning and there's a fucking phone number with a, illegibly scribbled name or word on the piece of paper and I text my friend that gave me the flag and he's like told you you're getting recruited and I was like what and I text my other Armenian friend and she's like mob I was like okay so that's kind of cool like that that there's like a there's like a it's very you know I'm trying to think of something good I hate under the silver lake but it's kind of like that you know how he goes and he rubs like uh, James Dean's head or some shit and then like this, the, the, the homeless king appears and is like, I'm going to take him down to these caverns. It, it was kind of like that vibe. I feel like if I call that number, I'm going to get, rec- I'm going to like go on an adventure. I, I did not intend to. And But you'll have your new novel. Yeah. I'll probably, I, I, I'll either make money or I'll be dead too, I think. Or both. Yeah. yeah, yeah your estate nice. will make some money. But, but that's that's a that's something I thought was really cool. That it was just funny. My friend was like, "Yeah, just put the, the put the flag on your dad, and you're gonna get recruited. Somebody's gonna see what's up with you." Yeah, and I don't know what the recruitment is. I just heard vaguely, mob, and I'm just like, "Well, you know, I think I mean I'm, I don't give a shit about that stuff. I'm not gonna like be like, oh, it's all mobbed up. It's so horrible. I'm like, eh, people are weird and everywhere. I mean, what we should do is reverse directory that number and see who it belongs to." I don't want to do that. I'd really, I do. I, like, I mean, not on air, but yeah, yeah. I like the you know, on air. We're like, oh, well, that belongs to yeah, yeah. Somebody with an I A N ending on their last name. Um, what Kim Kardashian? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that would. What if she was just like slipping me her phone number? Damn. That's why her and Kanye got divorced. She was slipping a number under the windshields. It just random Armenian dudes get you. Um. No, but like I don't know. I never watched the sex tape. Does she look like a fun lay? I don't know. Uh, that I, I find that fascinating though. Like, because if that if that's a thing that happens where somebody will try to like recruit somebody just because they're of the same ethnicity, uh, ba- ethnicity, ba- ethnic background, or whatever. Uh, what else is there that's like a secret? Because it's almost a secret. Like mafia is secret society shit. Like even though we don't think of it categoric lingo secret society mafia mob shit is it's it's very exclusive it's very secret society shit right you know and what else is there is there is there like rich people caverns under like, like bomb like like tombs under la like oh yeah 100 you know the you know and you get into like the this, this is where you tread on like conspiracy territory but i feel like if you're gonna have a conspiracy the place to do it is la because everybody's fucking weird and rich Oh yeah, I mean, why do you think so many fucking cults started here? Yeah, yeah, you have all, yeah, you have all the fucking cults. You have you have the like weird sex trafficking shit. 
I always call all sex trafficking weird sex trafficking shit because it's a weird fucking impulse to do that. And I'm sorry. I'm not going to. I'm going to shame all sex traffickers. Um, as you should. Yeah. As you fucking should. But uh, yeah, it, it's just like what other secret society shit exists that, that you you have a key to? Like in my in my specific uh, situation here, putting the flag on the windshield was like a key where a phone number appears. And it's like that's that's kind of cool. And you get into like some kind of crying of lot 49 Thomas Pinchon shit where it's like, this is where I'm losing all your listeners. Yeah, you lost me too. Or there'll be one guy that's like, yes, a crying of lot 49 reference. I've been waiting my entire life. And I have a tattoo of the post horn. Um, yeah, I know I'm a fucking nerd. It's great. But like that, it, just the idea that you do, you take an action that you don't think anybody's looking or noticing. And then suddenly they notice and you've unlocked, you unlock the door to this like, adventure of some sort like i, I, I and I, and um i don't know if you're listening well your listeners probably wouldn't know but i'm a writer as well yeah it sounds oh that's fucking I, I i feel so terrible saying that in in la being like i'm a writer i'm a writer it's like i'm a writer too and they're like oh god tune out but um to to have something that sets up like that is is such a exciting hook like yeah i don't know do you, have you experienced anything like I'm like interviewing you now like have you experienced anything like that where it's just like you did something and then something opened up for you like that that's not a euphemism no no I mean not that I can really think of not that like well okay how did you get into do like like um doing like porn work well see episodes number yeah okay oh you got you got it all cataloged no I mean I couldn't tell you which episode it was but like it's a story I've told on here multiple times. It was literally something I fell into just partying with other people in the industry. Okay, so your your key to that under I don't want to call it an underworld, but it's like not everybody I know that fraternity. That. Yeah, essentially, I mean, it kind of is like a fraternity or secret society kind of thing because it's like a you see the product, but you don't see the culture outside of unless you're like a diehard. It's not like Marvel where it's just everywhere. Even but it is everywhere. Watch, yeah, everybody watches porn, but it's not. It doesn't get the coverage at the sur- at the surface level the same way, and. For you to fall into that is interesting to me because I wouldn't know where to like find the key for that, right? I didn't know where to find the key yeah, for it. But it, so was, it just happened. It, yeah. it just kind of happened. It was a combination of like just partying with performers and like meeting other people and then yeah. off to the races. I mean, that's how everything fucking But how works. do you meet the performers, right? Well, I met most of the I'm, performers. I'm like, everybody, like, everybody listening is like, oh, he's asking how to get, how to meet porn people. Cool. Well, no, no the, but one of the bars I hung out in in Chicago regularly had a fucking burning angel night. Okay. And at that point there was like seven performers that lived in Chicago. And just by like being in the right place at the right time, they're like, Hey, yeah, cool. What like, you- this guy's not just there to fuck us uh, or try to fuck us. Weren't you? No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> like a I, silent, I'm, you're like, I, I'm like doing the math of like all the burning angels performers that lived in Chicago at the time. I've had sex with two of them. Okay. See, there you go. There you go. But that was years after the fact. It yeah. was not like during that time. Were you like, hey, I was that guy at that bar. And they're like, oh, I remember you. And you're like, hell yeah. No, it was literally like one of them I dated for half a minute before I left okay. Chicago. And then one of them like I hooked up with years later. Okay. All right. So you have had sex. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not you. <laughs> I, here, I thought you were an incel. And I was like, damn. No, no, no. Um, My fluids have been spilled on the couch you slept on. Nice. 
wouldn't be the first time I've laid in some shit that somebody was like, yeah, bro, when you catch, when you crash floors or couches, you don't. You That's don't why it's leather. Clean. Well, and, and, and hotels are not clean. I don't care what anybody says. They don't fucking launder the pillows. There, there's juice all over those fucking mattresses and pillows. Like, no, but no, but that's not. No, no, they're not replacing the mattress unless Yeah, it's, they're not doing any of that shit. It's not, like, covered in plastic. They're not wiping it down. They're just putting a new sheet on it, so. You better hope that they didn't fuck you, a squirter if, in your bed. Yeah, if you, if you nutted all over the fucking couch and glazed it and I laid on it, after, like, years after the fact, that's no different than me staying at the fucking hotel I stayed at. Except honestly. you know the juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um... No, I mean, it, I don't care. If you care or not, you've done it multiple times at this point. But that, but that is interesting to me that you kind of, you you find these things accidentally in a lot of like the I mean, but that's everything in life. But a lot of the narratives around like secret society type stuff is like somebody's intentionally assembling clues. And I think that the reality is for the most part, I mean, aside from the like kind of informed guess about the Armenian flag thing. Um, because that was, that was like coincidence that I just happened to be parked there long enough for somebody to walk by it. Right. In a city of however many million and mo- most, narr- that, most narratives, right. They'll set you off with like a mystery or clue. And then somebody descends into this like underworld of weird shit. But the reality, most of the time it's just like, yeah, I was just g- going to the same bar. Well, and also if we really want to test the situation, park the same man in like South central with the Armenian flag, do you get the note? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, does it have to... I feel it has to do with the neighborhood you're in. Well, what, what's South Central like now? Because I don't... Um, I know, like, pop culture South Central from the 90s, but I haven't really spent much time... I mean, parts of South Central are still fucking shitty as fuck. Parts of it are um, gentrifying. Yeah, I was gonna say, I stayed at a friend's in South LA. I just don't know if that would be considered South Central. I'll ask you cross street. It was cross streets off air. Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, good call. I mean, Compton's not that bad of a neighborhood anymore. That's interesting. I mean, parts of it are not great, but it's not like what boys in the hood or fucking, yeah. you know, the million other fucking 90s gangsta flicks were like, oh, shit. Well, and is that, I, and I don't know, because as an outsider, you're always going to like, it's like the people in the U.S. thinking that Portland is just like overrun by Antifa and shit. I, my, my ex uh, was... From El Monte or whatever. And okay. most people that she talked to from L.A. had no idea where that was until she geographically explained it. And they're like, oh, I've had my car stolen there. And that was true up until, I don't know. I, like, I, I, I'm not informed enough to, like, have that. But she lived there up until, like, the mid aughts or something like that, right? Because um, she's originally from here. And I went, we, we, I uh, stayed at her aunt's house with her on, like, a New Year's Eve. Back in like 2014, 2015. And I remember, uh, I don't know if I told the story last time I was here or not, but uh, they were the, the fireworks, right? Because they don't have fireworks in a lot of the neighborhoods in, in LA. It's just gunshots. It's just fucking pop, 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 pop. Um, and then in other, obviously, neighborhoods, they have the fucking illegal, explosive, crazy 4th of July shit going on. But, Usually it's a common issue, Bill. Yeah, but in El Monte, it was like, I, I was hearing like, pop, 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 pop. And they were like, yeah, just stay away from the windows because we've had bullets, stray bullets just like fly in and land and stuff like that and like mess up shit. Um, but then I heard like, uh, in the back, and I was like, that that was not a, that like an automatic burst. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> You know, that that was that was kind of weird. And that was just like six years ago, seven years ago. 
So, and I, and I know that like a lot of these areas are getting gentrified and stuff like that, but I didn't feel unsafe when I was there or anything like that. It's just like a working class, you know, Latino kind of neighborhood or whatever. 100%. And that's the thing. Almost any of these neighborhoods, like if you're not there doing some shit, you'll probably be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Because nobody wants the fucking headaches of what happens if you just fuck with a civilian for no goddamn reason. Yeah. And, and another thing is too, and this is, this is uh, probably because I can kind of like blend into different places depending. Like I, I, when I was living in Paris, I lived in an Arab neighborhood that people were like, Oh, it's hyper violent. They had like the shooting that was in like 2014 or 2015. There was like a Thai restaurant that got shot up with an automatic and the, it was a, a um, jihadist attack or something like that. I, I've, I was like, I lived like a three doors down from that restaurant um, back in 2000, you know, a couple years earlier and stuff like that. And I never felt unsafe in any of these places. And the only place I've ever had a fucking gun pulled on me was in my hometown of Galifada, Greece, which is like a, um, the area it was in was like the posh part of, a, of the suburb, essentially. It's not suburbs the way that like the Midwest has suburbs where it's like subdivisions. It's more like a suburb the way that like Hollywood is just apartments stacked on each other. Um, uh, that's the only place I've ever had a gun pulled on me. And I jumped. Don't worry. Yeah. 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 Just well, I'm going out of my van later. Um, somebody be like, I've been waiting for somebody to fucking go into this van for, th- I hate Armenians. I'm going to, and I'm like, I'm Greek. And they're like, that's even worse. Uh, but at that point, you're like, I'm from Ohio. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, wait, no, I'm not going to say that joke. Um, I was going to make a regional joke. Uh, yeah. Like that. I don't know. I, I, I never fall into that hype thing about like dangerous neighborhoods and stuff like that. Cause I know that you can find trouble just about anywhere you fucking want. You can go in like, you know, uh, North face ass Portland and find trouble. If you want it, you can, you can find it in fucking, you know, uh, um, suburban Ohio. You can find it anywhere. Right. But I don't know. It's just like a weird thing. I've never, and I don't, I don't but if like, you have a little bit of common sense, you can also fucking avoid it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I mean, there's definitely blocks I've walked down in my life and be like, I should not be on this fucking block. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we've all felt that way. It's just our tendency to to like write off entire areas or sections and be like, that's the that's that's like the snake pliskin sector right there. You don't want to go in unless you're going to save the president and you're fucking got a bomb strapped to you and there's you know like you don't want to fucking. You don't want to take like that's how we try to we tend to to overgeneralize things as yeah, humans. Yeah, never, yeah. never. Well, just socially though. I mean, even when you're trying not to, never. You know. So, all I'm saying is, I don't know that I, I've ever felt very escaped from LA in LA. I go into shit neighborhoods, quote shit neighborhoods all the time, and it's just like, whatever. Yeah. One of my, uh, one of the writers I publish, I also run a publishing house called Kingshot Press. I know I'm like bad at plugging stuff because I just like talking to people. But um, I, I have a friend uh, and writer that I, I've worked with, friend over many years now, uh, named Cody Goodfellow, who wrote this book called Un America that was inspired by the LA riots because he's from like San Diego and he lived up in the LA area and stuff like that. Um, and he was telling me that the way they, sectioned off and there's probably been so many endless interviews about that era but he was driving through some areas and they had like the cops had barricaded around like beverly hills to protect rich people houses and it was like a very class 
disparity kind of like with the security and stuff. Like I remember I've heard like Korea, like Koreatown and shit like that were was like very escape from LA that, that time with people on like rooftops of shotguns and shit. He was telling me like, it was just like demolished and they were, they were going on a riot tour on a moped together, him and his friend. They were just like touring the, the shit. I, I just found that that's fascinating that, you know, they were sectioning off parts of the city in that way. And it was like almost like reinforcing in the national narrative too, that those areas are full of bad people and it's all terrible and stuff, you know? But meanwhile, my friend was able to just safely ride and he's, he's Caucasian. So he's able to just safely ride a Vespa and stuff like that. And it's like, but on the narrative, it's like, Oh gosh, everybody's going crazy down there. You better watch out. I don't know. I wasn't I here for the riots. Well yeah, before I my time. Say, I don't want to speak on that. Cause I know there's a lot of like, memories and trauma and i'm not that's not my place to speak on that shit but it's just it's wild to me we were being shown shit from the national media and they wanted to show whatever narrative they wanted to present us and us in middle america at the time had no choice but like yeah that's gospel i mean it's still like that right no no the media doesn't no I've noticed too, though, like you'll have um, this, you know, like mainstream wise, uh, we're getting this like this, some serious ass topics. It's weird. I should drink more. Um, Duh. Want some Craig? No, I'm okay. Thank you. I have to drive later. Uh, After your body metabolizes alcohol, you can definitely drive. So I'm just going to one hour per segment. Um, what was I going to say? I don't know. I you it. said you need to drink more. I was trying to enable that. I totally lost my train of thought. It was amazing. Well, if you drank more, it would come back to you. I don't know that that's true. It's science. It only works when you're like wandering home from somewhere and you got lost and you found your way. Exactly. You lost you your topic. Drunk memory. Yeah. You lost your topic. You're trying to stumble back. I wasn't to it. drinking when I lost the topic though. So it's I mean, you definitely were. There's an open beer in front of you. It's an empty open beer. Right. That means you were drinking. It didn't empty itself. And it's only, oh, it's 6.2% alcohol. How? Yeah, 6% alcohol, like lager. Interesting. I had no clue. <laughs> that shit's usually like four or five. Ha ha ha. It sneaks <laughs> up on you with its generic can. Yeah, it, it's, um, actually, we can't show it, can we? For the, no, no. Yeah. It's something, something. I mean, we've definitely shown every other alcohol brand ever consumed. Like, I'm not hiding the Elijah Craig that's being consumed. Yeah, I mean. Come at me, Elijah Craig. Come at me. Is it? Is it Elijah Craig that is um, Buffalo Trace? No. Elijah Craig is Heaven's Hill. E- it's Eagle Rare that's Buffalo Trace. Correct. Yeah, Eagle Rare is like slightly. I just started. I used to drink Eagle Rare and then the Eagle Rare is good stuff. liquor store owner was like, yo, if you just get that version of Buffalo Trace, it's like $10 cheaper and it's close. Because he was getting like a limited version of it. Huh. And he's like, it's, it's like $10 cheaper and it tastes. And I was like, because oh, I guess it's a, it's the same base. Or I, don't know, or sa- I don't know. How same distillery. I don't know if Eagle Rare and Buffalo Trace are the same mash and barrels, but I don't know. Could I, be aging. Well, the Eagle Rare's aged 10 years, for sure. Yeah. Buffalo Trace is definitely a younger spirit. It's significantly, yeah. Because some of that stuff can be pretty... Um, Gosh, what was I going to... There was something else... You need to drink more, you'll figure it out. There was something I was getting into that I thought was, was going to be an interesting point, and I just... It was... 
oh yeah we talk about like all the divisions like that with like media companies right and like people are like oh the liberal media the right-wing media but when it came to like portland protesters and like covering antifa and stuff like that they were all like yeah antifa is all bad they're terrible to get you know like they were like unanimous and people are like still chanting and i'm like does nobody like people can't see object and i'm not saying this isn't like a antifa is awesome or bad or anything i'm just trying to give like an like an like a clinically detached view of this stuff and it's like there's coverage that's just like all sides agree on and like you watch it, it just yeah i don't know that that stuff i don't want to go into any uh any what conspiracy stuff. oh oh okay okay well that small c conspiracy most of the country believes the stuff already so the media is just selling them what they already well yeah it's an easier pill to swallow yeah. if you already fucking believe it. Yeah, exactly. They're just reinforce. It's a reinforcing kind of thing. My beliefs are right. Look at them. They're telling me. Yeah. So I, I, I say small C conspiracy, as in they just don't give a shit. It's a cynical ploy for ratings. Everything's a cynical ploy for ratings, yeah. including local anchors in fucking bad Christmas sweaters. I would wear a Christmas sweater. I think this year. Why? I don't know. It gets pretty cold in Portland. Won't. Why are you making poor life choices going back to Portland? It's <laughs> a good question. Does it get cold here? And well, I was here 50. in December. Because yeah, down that, LA, that, was, that wasn't cold. That was like daytime warm. I mean, that's cold for LA. Like chilly at night. Yeah, all my friends were like, "You're gonna, you're gonna be freezing when you, when you leave LA because you know you're thinking 70 degrees isn't cold when you're in Portland, but it's freezing in LA, and we all wear hoodies." And I was like, "You're full of shit." And then three months later, I was like, "They're right. I'm cold." Yeah, your like, body acclimates to this shit I was real like fast. Cold some of the summer nights. I was like, "Oh my god, why am I so cold?" The temperature. It's like not. It's not even. I know. I know. I'm not cold, but I was like, I gotta wear a hoodie. You get acclimated to the shit. Yeah, you get was, acclimated. That was so, weird. I believe me. When I was still living in Chicago, I had friends that lived out here, and then they come back around winter and just be like, oh, "I am fucking dying." I'm like, yeah, yeah. "You're bitch made. You used to fucking wear shorts during yeah. this shit." Yeah, yeah. And then I've gone back and been like, "Nope, nope, nope." I was wrong to make fun of you. But on the flip side of that, like I was walking out in 90 degree weather today, and I'm like, "Oh, this is fun." Yeah, I'm only like partially sweating. You know what I mean? Like it's also dry heat. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's a positive, but. But still, like, even when I was in Greece, I didn't feel, like, overwhelmingly hot and stuff like that because I'd been living in L.A. for three. Like, I came to Greece pre-tan, and now I've lost it because I didn't go outside in Greece. I just was working on stuff. But uh, I came to Greece pre-tan, and I was, like, fine. We had, like, a fucking 114-degree, like, heat wave. It's, it's still dry heat and stuff like that, but it gets pretty... Because well, L.A. has a Mediterranean climate. Yeah. Uh, no, L- that's one of the attractive things to L- about L.A. for me was that it felt like... I have a little bit of trauma with Greece because I was living there when the the crisis hit and went from a recession into like a full blown Great Depression kind of thing, and so I, I'm I want to move back someday, but I don't want to like work there ever. I want to be, you know what I mean? I'd rather I'd like to work remotely and live in Greece because I never ever want to be reliant on the Greek economy or Greek jobs in general ever again. And L.A. was like, oh, maybe I can live partially like in a Greek climate. And and then I was like, oh, wait, I would have to like the job market's insanely competitive here and they want headshots for everything. Fuck that. Like, I don't want to fu- like Portland. You can be ugly as shit and get a job. And, yeah, but you'd have to live in fucking Portland. Yeah, where everybody looks like they have the flu. Yeah, yeah that's another thing, too, is when I'm like, I, I fly, I'm like, I hate L.A., but here's what I love about it. Right. Which means I've been here long enough now. 
And uh, so every time I fly into LA, everyone's beautiful. And when, every time I fly into Portland, it looks like I'm at a fucking Star Trek convention where everybody's very elfy and, and then they look pale. It look like they're like a Lord of the Rings. They all look like Legolas from Lord of the Rings, but not healthy. Like if he had like a skin disease and, or the, and the flu. Um, and, and, I, and I hate, I know there's people, I have friends in Portland are going to hear that and be like, fuck you, Mike. But I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. Like it, it people are just prettier here. Well, yeah. Because all the attractive people from all over the country are like, yeah. I'm coming to LA to make it. And it's not just because everybody here has work or anything, which they do. I mean, most people here do seem to get work done and stuff like that. But people come here and, and just, they've got a base that's already really nice as a person. And, and a lot of the work that's done is accenting that. I'm au natural, believe it or not. Au natural. As I, for better or worse. Mostly for worse. Yep. Yeah, I gotta get some abs. I mean, they're they're under like 10, 20 pounds get of fat. The, dude, get this shit. I, for three months, I, I, I'll i show you a picture later, but like, if you want to see. But I, I was like, I almost had fucking abs in the chest, and I was like in good shape. And then I went to Greece, and it just just kept growing. Because I kept eating souvlaki, and I was like, this is so good, and I don't want to work out because it's so hot, and I don't have air conditioning, and I don't want to jog on these streets. They're they're uneven. And, like, I just stopped doing anything related to being, like, healthy. I didn't, go, I didn't even go to the beach. I went to the beach one time, and I didn't swim because I was just working on shit. And It's okay to admit you can't swim. I can swim. I just don't like to. Oh, you'll admit you can swim, but you won't admit sex. Got it. How are those even like? They're both wet. Fair enough. That's the problem, though. When you go in, when you go <laughs> swimming is when you like when you're like dipping a cookie in milk, right, and your skin starts to cr- prune up and dissolve, right? Like that's kind of what happens, isn't it? It's the same. It's all the same. It's yeah, all the same. I can see. I can see it. Um, <laughs> I totally derailed you. Sorry. Yeah. No. But uh, so yeah, LA's LA's got some. Some things I like about this is like the most vanilla podcast you've probably ever done. You're like the worst it got was there was a vibrator talk and some splooge on the couch. Some splooge, a lot of splooge. Hey, man, I'm not judging. Um, that's probably what's on my pants right here. Oh, definitely. That's or that's paint. That's One, my DNA. Yeah. Or someone else's. Yeah, probably. Multiple people have had sex on my couch. Some of them didn't even involve me. Yeah. I might have had sex on that couch yesterday. By yourself? Does that count as sex? Technically. Maybe. Maybe not. Mm. I had your Gro- GoPro on, so just check your footage later. All right. Well, I just need to sign a model release and real quick. don't turn your Reservoir Dogs poster around. Did you call him Mr. Pink's back? Which one's Mr. Pink? Is that uh, Harvey Keitel? No, it's Steve Buscemi. Oh, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just it's been- all your fucking cred out the fucking window right there on that. I'm sorry, I, I can list like the fucking cast, but I don't remember which one Mr. Pink is. My bad. My bad. I remember the what's his name? Is it Tim Roth? Yes, that's Tim Roth has a uh, the fucking there was like the undercover cop part where he's like talking about that, and there's like the thing in the background. I, I remember details about the movie, right? The thing like the Marvel comics, the thing from the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I I've seen the movie. I remember little things, but I remember Steve Buscemi doesn't like to tip. Correct. You know, I, I've seen my creds there just might have dwindled because I'm not a fucking hardcore. I never see the thing is I never claimed to be a Reservoir Dogs like super fan. Remember characters names doesn't make you a super fan. I think it does. There's a bunch of they're all wearing fucking like they're all white dudes in fucking ties and 
Like, yeah, remembering a character's name doesn't make you a super fan. But when their character name is Mr. This or Mr. That. What, you remember Captain America, right? His name is Captain something. He's a, that's a pretty easy name to remember, though. So is Mr. Pink. How many captains are on the Avengers? There's like two. Captain America. Marvel, Ma- Captain America. Yeah. Easy. There was one Mr. Pink who bitched about his name the whole fucking movie. Why do I get Mr. Pink? Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you not remember that? Fuck. Mm, okay. Fair enough. Now you got me thinking about the Madonna monologue part, too. Where right. Like, it was it was that Tarantino himself giving that like where he's like and she yeah yeah and she's and a fuck doing, machine and he's doing his like acting with his hands up acting for, the, for those listening I'm waving my hands in front of my face like a crazy person or like a Greek dude and just yeah yeah that's, exactly so not remembering who Mr. Pink was pretty pain shit he kind of does that in Pulp Fiction too but he's holding a cup of coffee and has his arm up right when he's like yeah I know how good my shit is yeah. Yeah, I buy the gourmet shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Now I'm trying to... Does he do that in From Dust Till Dawn? No, I don't think he does. He just stares at, like, uh, Juliet something, something, something. Juliet something, something, something. From the the Natural Born Killers. Juliet Lewis? Juliet, Juliet Lewis, yeah. Um, why did I think she had three names? Uh, I'm sure she does. She just doesn't go by. Yeah, them. yeah. But it's just like Tarantino creepily looking at her, which is I think how he directs to the Kill Bill like toe move the toe scene. What the man loves feet. Yeah. No, <laughs> there wasn't like a recent interview where like no, that's just good direction. Yeah, that, that's why Margot Robbie's feet are up in fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in a fucking movie theater. Yeah, that makes sense for the death, scene. Death proof with on the dash. Exactly. Yeah. Or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on the dash. Yeah. Did you like that movie? I love that movie. I didn't like it the first time I watched it. Second and third, I tried to watch it a couple times on the planes and stuff. It's grown on me dramatically. And I, I what didn't you like it. about it the first time? Um, I, I watched it on a plane the first time. So I think I missed some details and stuff like that. But once I realized that Brad Pitt's character is a fucking evil motherfucker that murdered his wife. Allegedly. Yeah, he did it. And it, there's no way. This is why you didn't serve on the jury. And yeah. When you see through the lens of him being this like almost like cold emotionless creep it's a fucking much better film like he walks into every situation and i was like why would he be in these but then once you realize he's almost like pathological he's a much better character like he's actually fucking great and i like the movie now you know it's satisfying to see him walk onto the ranch and like make the one dude um change his tire or like the you know at the end with the dog and stuff like that just yeah his whole character is like, yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like, it's not even, it wasn't even a crime of passion, right? Like, well, he was also on acid when he killed the Manson family. Spoilers if you haven't seen Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, I think at this point they don't care. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that one grew on me. Um, do you, so are you, you're a big, Tar- I mean, you got a Reservoir Dogs poster, you're obviously a fan of Once Upon a Time. Are you a big Tarantino fan then? Yeah. Okay. Do you feel like he got more interesting and better after Kill Bill or he got worse because he's not doing stuff like Pulp Fiction anymore? I think he got different. Okay. I enjoy Inglorious Bastards. Django should have ended 20 minutes earlier than it did. But it's fucking awesome. Django's red. Yeah. Django's red. I mean, Christoph Waltz is just a great actor, so I'm happy. To- How do you feel about The Hateful Eight? So Hateful Eight is probably one of my least favorites. Okay. I went and saw that on a road show showing I did too. 70 millimeter. Yeah. 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 I still got the fucking program. There. I got, I got it too. 
Yeah, it's like brown and looks like yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. size of a vinyl record. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I got that. I went and saw the roadshow. was fucking drinking out of a flask at like a 10 a.m. showing at the fucking... A 10 a.m. showing. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. I went to the fucking Arclight Cinedome here in Hollywood. Cool. Like oh. 70 millimeter fucking hitting a flask at like 10 o'clock in the morning watching that shit. I went to a... Because I knew Portland downtown's showing like would be crowded as fuck. I went to one that was way outside in Yuppieville and it was almost an empty theater. So I got to enjoy 70 millimeter, the hateful. And I, so I, I probably am biased in how much I love it because it was almost like a private screening for me. Well, it was pretty big for like, you've never been in the Cynodome, have you? Mm-mm. Yeah. It's a big fucking theater. Okay. So you got a lot of space to, f- a lot of space for a 10 a.m. show, like okay. a lot of fucking space, but it's one of those things where like, the, the Western genre, for the most part, doesn't is not as captivating for me. Okay. So, like, there's already that bias. And then, then the fact that, like, it's essentially a stage play. Yeah, yeah. I liked that, though. I thought, like, I'm a, I'm a, I like reading, like, plays and stuff like that. Like, I learned a lot of dialogue writing and stuff like that from reading, like, a lot of Sam Shepard and stuff like that. And so, what seeing a, a play that takes place in a closed room and he was using elements from John Carpenter's the thing, like the, the snowy layout, the mystery, like the mystery unfolding aspects of it. The, you don't know who it could be. It could be any of these people. We don't have a DNA. Like it was structured like the thing, but as a stage play Western rather than a horror film. And, and I, and I, I really, app- I, I think I technically appreciate it. And I think Sam Jackson does his best acting he's ever done in that movie. Like he fucking kills it. Oh no. Sam Jackson kills it. He, He's Every, not Sam Jackson in that movie. He is that character. Sam Jackson's real good in that movie. Yeah. Fucking um, Snake Plissken. Why am I? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Real good. But also, like, at the same time where that came out, Bone Tomahawk came out. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And Bone Tomahawk's honestly a better movie. I like I like Bone Tomahawk, but I, I've, I've only seen it once and I watched... Um, well, because that also is like the same thing, but adds the horror in. Yeah. Like if 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 The uh, Hateful Eight had been a horror movie, do you think you would have liked it? No, if I it actually started with that structure and then turned into a fucking horror movie. See, I'm not a horror fan. Okay. I didn't really view Bone Tomahawk as a horror movie. No, as but it's got, it's got elements of it. Like, it, like it, it it's has, gory. Yeah, it's fucking gory. I think it's more of a like Western thriller more than like because when I think horror, I think more of like unstoppable forces and supernatural things and shit and shit have to go there right and shit jump scares yeah bone tomahawk didn't have those yeah that's fair that's fair that's a fair point i mean it is it is a well done movie and stuff like that um i mean hatefully it's not bad honestly my least favorite turn to a movie is death proof i don't actually hate that movie i i quite like it because of the fact that it the energy behind it, it's very, you can tell it was done in like a week. Not literally done in a week, but it was like him using his minimal abilities well, as a filmmaker. And, and, so and it was good. What is your least favorite Tarantino movie then? Um, I'm going to, you're probably going to hate me for this, but it's probably Kill Bill. Part one or part two? Both. I like elements of those movies. I like scenes. Some of those scenes in those movies are my favorite scenes. But I, I, and I, I'd like to watch the complete version at some point, like the, whatever they call that cut. That's just like the whole. There is no cut that is both versions. There's, there's a. I don't think they ever released it. They didn't release it, but I'd like to watch the original intended version of it. 
See, as one movie for me, like part two is a much better movie than part one. Yeah, I liked part two better, and I I, I loved like the Michael Madsen stuff. I well, lo- I liked a lot of like the grave. Well, and the whole thing with part two is like it has Tarantino's like trademark dialogue. Part one really yeah. didn't. Yeah, and I, and I don't hate it. I guess it's just I didn't like. I like my favorite ones are like Inglorious Bastards, Jackie Brown, um. And a lot of people pan Jackie Brown, which Jackie I don't Brown's get. Fucking genius! It's so well done. It's it's a perfect movie. It's not as exciting as like a Pulp Fiction or something like that, but it's a perfect movie. It it it, it just it it's perfect. Everything about it is logical. It fucking makes sense. It's it's like the characters are. Not, well, because it was written by Elmore Leonard. Yeah, but like like De Niro's character, like that, people act like that was a waste of De Niro's talent. And he's fucking perfect for that role. He's so perfect. Um, Michael Keaton's in it, right? Yep. Like, As the D agent. Yeah, yeah. Like it's all fucking good. And yeah, so so I like uh, yeah, Inglorious Bastards, Jackie Brown. I like Django. It's not my favorite, but I like I do like Django. But I like Hateful Eight a lot, and I liked. Now I like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think that his latter half is a lot more interesting. And I think Jackie Brown's more in the style of his latter half of movies um, than it is with the like more cartoonish crime neo-noir kind of stuff that he was doing. Do you think Pulp Fiction's cartoonish? There's moments where it is, yeah. They're like where? A, they're the f- fucking open a glowing briefcase and shit. There's like... Uh, so it's a MacGuffin. I mean, the, it's, like, a, it's like, like cartoonish. There's a fucking scene where... where uh, Butch is like, oh, a chainsaw. Oh, a katana. It, it, come on, man. Like, there's some cartoonish shit. It's fun. I love the movie. It's a great, it's a, it's also a perfect movie, but for different reasons. You know, like, I think Jackie Brown's like a technically perfect movie. And Pulp Fiction's like, got that vibe. There's a vibe in Pulp Fiction that it just, well, everything Pulp works. Fiction was so super stylized. Yeah, it, but it all works. It's like everything I love about like, uh, uh, Goddard films. Godard, whatever the fuck his name is, uh, movies is in Pulp Fiction and he's updated it and it, and it works and he's, and he's made the like heist type stuff and the, the crime elements of those kind of movies, the French new wave type shit. And he made them realistic and made it contemporary so you could watch it and you're getting the same rush that you get watching like breathless or something like he fucking nailed that shit. Um, but, but there's like a rawness to it and a, there's something about there's a restraint to Pulp Fiction I also like like it it doesn't it's not as this is weird to say that Pulp Fiction is not as hyper violent as like scenes in Reservoir Dogs or in uh, Kill Bill especially well it's definitely not as violent I mean as Kill, Bill. Kill Bill's but Kill Bill was all about the ultra violence yeah but but I, I mean I do like Pulp Fiction I think also it's it's one of those like Stairway to Heaven problems where you're like I, of course it's a perfect song with a great solo and stuff like that but it's been on the radio every fucking day every hour of every day for the last since it came out I'm fatigued with Pulp Fiction I'm sorry I'm sorry you have yeah. that problem yeah take a little bit blue pill and you'll get it right back up so take some Viagra and watch Pulp Fiction yeah what could go wrong I mean you'll find out in four hours Pulp Fiction does have the best soundtrack though of all of his movies I think I mean, Jackie Brown has a really solid soundtrack. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But the the the, the uh, bouzouki style um, intro music, I can't. I don't remember what the fuck it's called. I mean, the Surf Rider or whatever. It's like the yeah, it's Surf Rider or some shit like that. It's iconic. You associate it with that. the The close up scenes where they're you know 
getting fucked up and then driving around town, uh, you know, bending the spoon and uh, like that whole process. It's a, it's got a, it's got a certain. Well, and the dialogue is so it's, sharp. It's and actually, very, it's very comic booky. Actually, the way they, the, the way everything is framed and shot, it feels like a comic. And Maybe that's why I enjoy it so much. Yeah, yeah. It, I love Pulp Fiction, yeah. but I also have the. I saw Pulp Fiction for the first time in theaters in a secondhand theater when I was thirteen. Oh shit! And I was taken there by friends. I had no idea what I was walking into. Like, two of my friends were like, "We're gonna go see this movie, Pulp Fiction. You want to come with?" And it was a secondhand theater. I shouldn't have been allowed in. I was fucking thirteen. Yeah. And back in the nineties. Yeah. And then the bring out the gimp scenes was like. My mind was blown. Oh man, I, I, man, the '90s though for for watching movies as like a teen. If you brought a parent to the cinema, they'd let you in. Oh, I just used to go to fucking movies I should not have been able to get into by myself. I saw Natural Born Killers in the theater. Mm-hmm. I saw Pulp Fiction in the theater, and I, you know, Natural Born Killers was NC. You know, you had to, you had to be fucking. Of age to get in the national yeah. market. I theater hopped in. I respect that. Uh, let's see. Like, I'm very fortunate that when I wanted to, because I'm a, I am a big horror fan. I've got like a few horror tattoos and stuff. Um, my mom was cool enough when I was younger that she trusted me to be watching like shit that I wanted to like. She, because she knew I was always a big movie buff because she worked on like a base and. Uh, there was like a movie theater on Wright Patterson Air Force Base in, in Dayton, Ohio. And I would go with her to work because she worked there. And I'd go to the cinema. I watched like the Star Wars re- re-releases in the 90s there and stuff like that. And when I was getting older and starting to get really into horror and stuff, she would just be like, yeah, I'll drop you off at the cinema. What time do you want me to pick you up? And and I'd be like, I need you to tell them to let me in as my mom uh, because it's an R movie. And it's, right. You know, it's got blood and guts and stuff like that. And she was totally cool because it... Her mind, like like boobs being on TV or a little bit of like violence and stuff like that, wasn't a big deal because they'll show, you know, titties on screen in Greece after like 10 p.m. on broadcast television. Right, right. You know, so it'd be like NB, you're like on NBC, and then suddenly boobs are out, and you're like, oh, not, not, not like rated X shit or anything. Does it rated X still exist? But no, uh, it does not. Like it'd be like you know hard R kind of stuff, and and you'd be watching it, and and so. In her mind, I think she didn't she didn't see a problem because uh, Americans are kind of prudish about ratings and what's but one hundred percent acceptable. Like it's weird to me to see a the Disney Plus channel and then have like Iron Man three where where uh, no no uh, Avengers Age of Ultron where t- um, Tony Stark like like Robert Downey Jr. makes a jo- like a, a quip about giving like Rhodey a hand job or something like that when they're about fighting he's like if you do that i'll give you and i'm like this is this is disney it's so weird to me because you know like that's disney is the way it is because that's what americans want right their kids and stuff like that they 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 go to like the disney channel for sanitized, sanitized yeah like, entertainment like not this podcast this podcast is very sanitized. The Disney the Disney version of this podcast would be about three minutes long. No, it, would, it wouldn't even make it past it the intro. It would just be us going, hmm, um, it would be all the ums and hmms and stuff like that, and everything else would be edited out. Three minutes of mm, that's my new podcast. Mm. Three minutes of mm. Oh, look, another one fell. Like, that would have been the, and then be like, Disney podcast. And not even the drinking part. Just uh, yeah. another one fell. <laughs> It'd be photoshopped in with, like, juice. Ecto-cooler. I don't know. In the nineties were a different time. Like 
theater employees didn't give a fuck. I saw the I saw the fucking crow in the theater. Oh man, that movie's that movie's perfect. It's got problems, but it's perfect. I mean, it killed the man. The tone, though, like the no, the cinematography. The Alex Proyas, right? No, it killed Brendan Lee. No, 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 Alex Proyas, the director, right? Maybe. I think he did Dark City as well, if if I remember correctly. But the crow. There's something about that atmosphere. And I, and I go, keep going back to that. I think like, you know, like the, one of the, the, the highs of Pulp Fiction is the atmosphere of the movie. The Yeah, you are correct. Atmosphere of the movie. Yeah, Alex, what Alex Proyas does in The Crow and in Dark City is like, it. it's like the Matrix before the Matrix kind of vibe. But it, and it's all practical. I mean, The Crow is CGI, I think. But nah, I mean... Could you imagine they just have like some dude with a crow on a stick and they're just like pretending to fly? I mean, there's a little like, CGI, but... Yeah, it's just the crow flying scenes. I think they're CG. Like a lot of it is very practical yeah, stuff, a lot or, just, of it. or just acting. And the lighting on that movie, and 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 the crow was like his first feature yeah, film. Yeah, I don't understand how we've had so many Daredevil uh, movies or comic book movies where it's like dark, great, like Punisher types, of, and they've never looked at the crow and gone, "Wow, they nailed it on that." Fu- they nailed how to do this atmosphere. They really did. He also directed iRobot. Oh, wow. And Gods of Egypt. What the fuck? Oh, Ooh, they, probably he is. they probably weren't green lighting anything. Wow, he has um, a real roller coaster of a career here. A whole bunch of shorts in between, but. Yeah. It's, it's like weird. But you, have you cro- seen Dark City? No, never, never it, heard of it. Jennifer Connelly in like, you know, pinup garb? No, 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 no. Would never be into that. It's a it's a cool little movie, right? Like, it, it, no, it's a rad fucking movie. Yeah, it's awesomely it's done like sci-fi. Truman Show, but like way cooler. It's yeah. like the Kiefer, goth, Kiefer the Sutherland has a great performance in it. The goth Truman Show is essentially what it is, and it's that's a spoiler for everybody. But it well, but it's rules. not because it's not there for an audience. It's just like, of course. But I just mean like the the illusion yeah. aspect of it, and it's, a, it's such a minor plot point. The atmosphere of that movie is so fucking good, and. How did that guy go from that to iRobot and and money, money? I don't know, man. Like, I, how do you go from the crow to Dark City to I fucking robot? I don't fucking know. But money. If, you, if you're getting all that money and stuff like that, you could totally just make cool films. Unless someone who is giving you the money is like, there are a lot of strings attached. Mm, yeah. Would you like to pay your mortgage? Mm-hmm. I would like to pay my mortgage. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Oh, Will Smith wants a bunch of fucking rewrites? I guess we're giving a bunch of fucking rewrites to Will Smith. Mm-hmm. You is know, he, Will Smith he, brings his own writers in on every project he's on, right? That does not shock me because every project he's on ends up being the Will Smith project. Right. Yeah. Did he do that with, um, uh, what the fuck is that movie that sucks? Uh, Suicide Squad? Yeah, there we go. The movie that looks like it would have been awesome. Like, it did not look like it was going to be awesome on paper. No, 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 no. no. The, the, lighting set the sets and like when they're going into that cavern to like indiana jones the whatever the shit there's like skulls and shit like it looks cool it looks really cool but they 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 cut it so quickly you don't even get to actually really immerse in the scenery and the only thing that that movie slows down on is is uh harley quinn's ass and will smith saying one-liners and it and it doesn't slow down any other time it just keeps it's just so rapidly paced. Alternatively, did you watch James Gunn's The Suicide Squad? Yeah, and it was okay. It was infinitely better than Suicide Squad. Yeah, it was more cohesive. 
it, it did rest on moments, but it wasn't like, like a lot of people hyped that shit as it was like the greatest comic book movie ever made or oh like, fuck no or like it was a trauma movie and i'm like i've seen a lot of trauma movies it's not a trauma movie no there's not enough boobs for it to be it, a trauma it movie. was like a collection of james gunn ideas that he'd always wanted to film and either they never got made or they were in other projects that other people directed so there's like music cues and moments from dawn of the dead there was the head exploding from the belco experiment there was some scooby-doo beats in there there was, there was just like it, it was like he was like you know what I'm going to just fucking scribble this out on a fucking napkin. I'm going to use shit I've, I've always wanted to direct that I had. Or I've already done in some yeah, cases. Yeah, because they gave it. They were like, just do this movie however you want. And I, and I don't blame him for that. But so for people who aren't familiar with James Gunn, Suicide Squad was probably like a fucking revelatory experience. But if you've seen all of his movies, you've seen almost every beat in that movie before. But the bar was so fucking low. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely one of the better DC movies. I mean, it's the best DC movie. And Starro is cool. There's, it's a, it's a good, enjoyable movie. It's just, I mean, what's a better DC movie than that? Than than Suicide Squad. Thus goes Suicide Squad. But yeah, hmm, that's a good question. There isn't one. Yeah, there's good DC performances, but there aren't good DC like great, like a truly transcendent great DC movie, or even a good DC movie. The only thing that is remotely as good is fucking Shazam. And it's different, Actually, very yeah, Shazam, different. Shazam was enjoyable, yeah. But I, I, I totally did. different tonally. Yeah, I, I like Shazam. Um, I like, I actually like, and I like the Zack Snyder Justice League movie. You know, I, w- I wouldn't watch it again. Why would you watch it in the first like, place? Because I, I actually wanted to see, like, because he had the ingredients for a great, like the casting for the Justice League I like all the cast members as the Justice League. I think Affleck's a fucking great Batman. I think he's never gotten to be a great Batman. But when he's like on it for like a few minutes here and there, he fucking kills that role. He looks like Batman when he's got the cowl off and he's sitting there in the fucking Batcave and he's like tapping away. I'm like, I've seen that panel in comic books a million times and it's the first time I've actually gotten to see a Batman who can just remove his cowl like it's cloth and it just lay on the back of his fucking batman outfit and 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 play that and so you're giving props to the costume designer not ben affleck well he's got the look he looks like a comic book he looks like a rich white dude yeah he look. yeah exactly he looks like a 90s 90s rich ass batman who's like investigating who the fuck bane is or something and i think it would have been cool to i would he would have been the right batman to do like a nightfall story arc because then you could just sideline him and then have the shitty Robert Pattinson one, it's probably pretty good. But the shitty <laughs> Robert Pattinson one come in and be like the Ezreal Batman. Right, right. You remember that? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. That, of course. That, that I break you. Like that would have been fucking awesome if they would have done the Nightfall storyline and brought in Robert Pattinson as the second Batman. Because he looks like that costume anyway. Right. So why didn't they just do that? They just instead of doing the Batman as like a prequel, they should have just had like the Bane shit brought in. Break Batman. Well, because they brought Bane in and two other fucking. Yeah. He was in Batman and Robin, and he was in the fucking oh, third yeah, Christopher yeah. Nolan movie. How many times can you use Bane? I was born in it. Yeah, I was born uh, in it. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, born uh, in the darkness. Gosh, it's so funny that that's not even. Is that Tom Hardy's fault, or is that just bad directing? I don't know. I mean, because he rules in like everything. I mean, yeah, anyway. but that's also been like Christopher Nolan was a bad director over here. Yeah, but it would have been nice to to see. Cause, like when I'm saying that, when I'm pitching that to you, I'm saying like they could sideline the Ben Affleck Batman for several movies and have a Robert Pattinson Batman. It's like slightly unhinged and have like good time 
you know, shady ass Robert Pattinson being bad. Like that would have been fucking cool and have him come in as like the Israel Batman. That would have been fucking sick. But instead we, we got like this weird continuity mess where they're like, let's just bring in Michael Keaton now to make it even better. And I'm, uh, I mean, that's going to probably be pretty cool. Time will tell. Cause Michael Keaton fucking, he rule like, has he done a bad movie since multiplicity? Um, maybe because multiplicity is not good, but like everything he's done since has been fucking awesome. Seems like well, and when he does superhero properties, is actually pretty fun. Yeah, he, he I enjoyed him as a vulture. He seems to have a lot of fun with the material and not in like an over the top Paul Giamatti as the rhino kind of way. What the fuck was that? What was that? That was a paycheck, is what that was. Um, but yeah, him as as the vulture was fucking phenomenal, and and he hell even as him as birdman the scene in the car in the spider-man homecoming where he's like i'll fucking kill you dead or whatever like he didn't say fucking that would have been cool but yeah he just said i'll kill you dead or something like that it has so much gravity to it in a way that you haven't seen since like the doc like the doc ock uh raimi spider-man that he was the best villain since then he was you know it would have been and like i love that it was teenage peter parker because if it had been yeah. like adult peter parker like Oh, you don't have your tech on, dog. I have powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just clock him in the melon. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Peter Parker pulls his punch. Like, there's some weird shit. What, I mean, but teenage Peter Parker's, yeah. like, still nervous about shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to punch my girlfriend's dad unconscious, even though I yeah, know he's yeah. a villain. Yeah, and I like that they took away the fancy suit in the third act of that. And, like, that was... A, Spider-Man Homecoming is actually a genuinely interesting... They made some interesting choices because they gave him this cool suit and then they took it the fuck away and then they were like, beat him now with a fucking sweatshirt on. And he gets like... All, I, I am a fan of all the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Yeah. You know, he, he's really good for the role and... Uh, you know, I But the that. direction's been good. The plots have been good. Yeah, yeah. Like the the whole like Mysterio and company are all disgruntled Stark employees is amazing. Yeah. I like, I like that Stark is as much of a bad guy as he is a good guy. Like all the shit that he might've saved the world and got the legacy or whatever with the snap, but like Ultron, the, uh, the dude, um, whiplash, whiplash. Yeah. Well, he's crimson dynamo and whiplash mixed, I think. Right. Yeah. But, but like crimson whiplash, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Whiplash character, Ultron, the mandarin stuff in iron man 3 was his fault um it's all like everybody's cleaning up after like stark's party well i mean iron man once was that way like oh hey obadiah stain sold his tech to fucking terrorists but i I like because he's an irresponsible ceo yeah yeah. but i like that they made that a feature after a while they're like wait they're like some writer saw that it just seemed like there was a pattern of tony stark creating his own like thanos is the only one he didn't create right but like then they started incorporating that in the Spider-Man movies and in and, and, and various points. And I thought that was kind of interesting that now people are just cleaning up Tony Stark's mess and it makes his character better. Are, are your listeners Marvel fans? We'll find out. Of course they are. They're Americans, right? I mean, I have an international audience. Thank you. Could you, could you imagine if I was saying that like convincingly though? The red blooded Americans, aren't they? They love the mouse. They love Marvel. Because if they don't like Iron Man, get out. Is that, right. Is that better? Yeah. Totally. Totally get it. Yeah, I have two ways of talking. I have like nerd and then I have octave drop. How's that work for you? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work at all. Yeah, because I never, I never use the octave drop voice because it sucks. 
to do that, to talk like, just to lower your voice and just talk like this all the fucking time. I why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you growled. I can't even do that right now. What a failure. What My a voice is shot from lack of water. Not lack of alcohol, though. This is like this is like a roller coaster of a show. No, never, 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 never. Marvel movies and... Uh, but oh, we before we run out of time, I actually wanted to segue to your new book. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh, there's something missing. Um, so this, this is kind of a funny, uh, funny release. Um, so this book came out called "The Diary of a SoundCloud Rapper," the secret diary of a SoundCloud rapper. Sorry, can't even get the name of my own book correct. Good job uh, on you. Drink more. Yeah, right. You're reaching for the beer. Go get another beer. Before you go do this talk, go grab a beer. All right. All right. Go grab a beer. Go grab a beer. I'm going to grab a water. Beer. Okay, I'll grab a beer. You're on camera. You can't lie about it. And a water. Beer and a water. And he's back with a beer and a water. Yep. I told you I would. I'm a man of my word. I know. He, he honored his commitments earlier. All right. Hold on me. Oh, look at that satisfying pop. There we go. Okay. It's new book, uh, Secret Diary of a SoundCloud Rapper, and by this mysterious author named Young Stepdad, who may or may not be me. Um, and on release, so we're, we, when you're coming up with a pseudo, pseudo, pseudonym, 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 uh, I'm, I'm a writer. He uses words for a living, folks. Pseudo- su- fuck, I can't even say it. Um, pseudonym? No, it's not pseudonym. It's when you're saying it's like a pseudonym. A su- pseudonym. I can't even fucking do it. Drink more. Maybe I'll come to you. I just said it the other day. Um, anyway. Sure you When you're did. marketing a book that is written under a pseudonym, it's hard to get attention on it. So what we did was got like a couple dozen authors from... A certain genre scene. It's called the Bizarro uh, genre scene. It's like a Bizarro scene or whatever. I don't know. Uh, it's like weird fiction, Lynchian kind of stuff. Just like the cult uh, section of the video store kind of shit. I, I, which is where you would linger. I feel like that's not pornography. No, it's not. But there's some porn in it. Anyway, uh, we got a bunch of authors to come forth claiming their new book just came out, and. Um, it caused some confusion for a couple weeks, which is kind of cool. Um, but it got people talking about a, uh, a a book that was written under a pseudonym that the author can't just promote. And, you know, it, I haven't been excited about a book release in a long time, you know, because being in uh, being an indie publisher and being a writer as well um i it's it's easy to and it's probably like this in fucking hollywood it's like most of the people you see get deals it was a lateral financial move for them because they went to like the right school or the right you know got the right connections kind of thing and you know class tends to reinforce class and so i don't get excited when somebody's like i got a book deal i got the, i got i made it i made got the book deal i'm like yeah but your dad's rich I, I don't get excited about that shit because that's the story more often than not. And so when this book comes out and I, and I'm kind of jaded at this point after like eight, almost eight years of, um, trying to do shit in an indie scene, 
we got people talking about this book for the in, in a way that was like fun because they're like who is it there was like people posting some like posts and speculations of like well it could be this guy like i i was shared by the cover designer and the publisher themselves and i wrote a fucking blog post prior to the like the midnight release and stuff like that and people were still like even though all signs point to michael it's probably this other guy <laughs> and I kind of love that that, right. that the other guy just makes like one quick Facebook post like yeah I think I wrote this book and just like leaves it at that and that's that's as convincing as me having actually put a story to what I was doing and why and the, and the book's fun it's like a departure for my from my writing like it's it's fucking it's a diary it's, so it's written like there's jerking off in it and there's like weird oh you have had sex yeah yeah hold on I mean just with yourself. Hold on, there's a, let me, let me, can I read an excerpt? Is that I cool? mean, sure. All right, give me just two seconds here to find. Oh my God, I'm just reading on this podcast now. Yeah, I yeah. promise you it's still not educational. No, it's going to just be like a sentence. Um, a sentence he wrote, but cannot remember. I watch a hummingbird eat a bug outside my bedroom window and it turns me on. Like if I could physically shrink myself down to a miniature size, I might attempt to initiate romantic relations with the bird. Then again, I've had similar thoughts about other egg laying animals. Maybe I'm sexually attracted to eggs. So I got a this this is funny because it's a screenshot from one of my friends of the book, which is why I want to share it. And she goes, This, you know, this uh my boyfriend read this and it makes him want to hit people. And I was like, that's a good reaction. She goes, also you didn't write this. And I was like, come on. I I can write all kinds of shit. You know, just because it's under a pseudonym and it's different from my normal, you know, kind of neo-noir style of writing doesn't mean that I didn't. It just means that's why it's got a pseudonym. Right. The character wrote this. Yeah. Yeah. Like David Lynch did the straight story. It's different. You know, it's a departure for him. He almost directed a Star Wars movie. Like that would have been fucking weird, right? Oh, David Lynch Star Wars? Yeah, that would have yeah. been weird. So uh, it's not like people who have a specific style can't. The Alex Proyas directing fucking Dark City and The Crow, which are similar, like a similar aesthetic, and then going and directing I, Robot. Right. Which is fucking weird, like dumb. I actually want to go through, uh, not to derail, but go back and like see who his director of photography were was were when it and it just like did they leave? Yeah, does like, DP leave and like, well, this is what I'm stuck with. Fuck. But like, yeah, it's it's exciting to have a mystery around a book release and it to be like an indie thing. There's no there's no bullshit big five stuff. It's just and and, and I'm you know I don't know. I'm just pretty excited about. That. I love that people are like, you didn't do this, and I'm like. But didn't I? Didn't I? Yeah, it's like, didn't I? Or they'll be like, oh, yeah, you definitely. And I'm like, did I, though? Like, I love that aspect of it, right? And, yeah, it confuses the shit out of people. But I think that's a good confusion. And I don't get, ex like, books are fucking boring. Readings are boring. This shit is boring, like, to a lot of people. Only, like, hard, people who already write are the ones who are reading. It's like going to an open you mic. Know, with this kind of it's shit. only other comics there. Yeah, exactly. It, it fucking exactly. And that. To, to create, to have people who aren't writers asking this question and being like, is this, what the fuck is this? Like that, that's a cool thing for like a moment just to kind of break the, the monotony of indie releases. And I, I hate to say indie, but it's just like, we're not, you know, we're not, we're like the fuck. You're not random house. Yeah. We're underground bands. You know what I mean? Like we're, it's hard to get fucking attention on it. You're just doing bars. 
and and small venues and opening acts like that. You're not doing any, you're piggybacking off of bigger things just to survive. And so, yeah, it's exciting to have a book like that. And I wish I had a copy to show you, but I have been in Greece for three months. So I don't have I'm also shit. illiterate, so it's fine. Yeah, all my shit's in Portland. So, um, or in a van down by the river. Yeah, but if you like, if you, <laughs> it's funny that the content of what I just read you was like, way more risque than anything well now the question is when did you first realize that you were sexually attracted to egg-laying creatures well it's not me it's in character right like well when did your character first decide that the diary entries aren't dated so well yeah but you've created the background so if i'm interviewing the character where did the character decide that? am i supposed to go and like should i go get some tattoos and like some weird hair and shit and go like full soundcloud or tiktok uh I mean, whatever you got to do. I'm just saying. Yeah. When did that happen? I mean, like, what? Like three. three How does that ago? happen? Three, four years ago. Um, what are you talking about? Like the process of writing it? Well, just or coming just, up with that fucking sentence. Like that's not something a sentence I would ever come up with. Man, some look, uh, one of my, uh, I guess I can call him a writing mentor because, you know, we've talked about the shit enough. Not never a formal writing mentor, but this guy, he's a his name's Carlton Mellick the third, and he's written some the like third. Wow, yeah, that yeah, is super super white. Yeah, there's quite a lot of the thirds actually in indie lit, um, and he. I remember I was talking to him when I was writing my first novel, um, and I was struggling with some stuff, and he was saying like, "Stay awake." until you're like about like when you start nodding off and you're like about to fucking fall asleep that's when you push through and start coming up with some weird shit and this this is a guy just for preface he's written books that, like the baby jesus butt plug and yeah i know yeah, yeah this is this is more content for your i should should have been talking about bizarro fiction here i'm not really their ambassador i was always adjacent to that scene but i'd plug in and hang out with some people and stuff like that and uh, like they, but they're into like weird shit. They have his first novel was called Satan Burger. You know, um, the second book was called Electric Jesus Corpse. And it's like about a fucking, it's like Jesus in a disco suit with like a fucking bottomless martini that gives eternal life. Yeah, it's fucking weird. This is shit when it was like from 20 years ago. It's fucking um, rad. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's, that's why I read it. I read it at 19. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. And I managed to like kind of weasel my way into befriending this dude. Anyways, his advice was just like, yeah, when you feel like you're going to fall asleep, like a lot of people say you should write in the morning after you, when you're fresh and you don't have a lot of feedback and you've gotten a like proper REM cycle sleep and stuff like that. And you're going to be creatively open. But his advice was you need to let go. Right. So you want to stay awake. And when you're feeling sleepy, you push through and you'll come up with like the weirdest scenes and the, and the, and surprising things that will surprise you. And if they, if, if you write sentences that are surprising you, then they'll surprise the reader. And there's a lot of shit like that in this book. There's a lot of, I try to employ that. Just go, okay, I'm going to sleep deprive myself. It's probably why I passed out on your fucking couch for eight hours yesterday. I blame that on the meats and the beers. That too. I had the meat sweats as well. And Australian malt liquor. Australian malt liquor. But that creatively, yeah, coming up with stuff. That's my dinner alarm. Sorry about that. I forget to eat. All right. That, that got really serious, and I'm just like, yeah, I just I just forget to eat sometimes, so I have to set an alarm to go eat dinner now. See, this is why you shouldn't move to Portland. Like, if you hang around with me, you will never forget to eat. Oh, Jesus, yeah. I, I just eat, like, Korean barbecue every day. I don't eat Korean barbecue every day. Are you sure? Because you should. I ain't got Korean barbecue every day, money. 
Yeah. But what if you did? Then I might have Korean barbecue every day. But um, yeah. Because then I wouldn't feel bad. I cook for myself. What you, I don't know where to segue from that because that's... Or actually going to segue to last call. Last call. Yeah, last call on this motherfucker. Is that a beer? I mean, that is where you uh, plug the things and we get the fuck out of mm, here. Mm. Okay, so I'm plugging things. I need to get better at this. Okay, so um, I run a press called King Shop Press. We have books that are kind of... Uh, oh, that's a weird way to... We, ha- we, we, we publish uh, kind of like left-of-center, very weird and uh, interesting books. If you like monster movies and alt-rap and uh, 80s hardcore music and shit that you'd find in the cult section of the video store, I guess, uh, you'd probably like what we do. Uh, it's kingshotpress.com. Uh, I've been doing that for about seven years. It's a lot of fun. Books are really good. And then I've got um, this new book... Uh, Secret Diary of a SoundCloud Rapper by Young Stepdad, which is my uh, rapper name. That See, okay, just I had to say something. People saying I wouldn't come up with that. Dude, you remember when dubstep was big? Nope. I changed my, okay, like 2011. I changed nope. my handle to HB, HP Wubcraft, which oh. I think is a fucking brilliant name. So oh. me being Young Stepdad or Little Stepdad or anything like that is not out of character. I just want to preface that. Anyway, so it's like the Iron Man monologue where he's like, I'm just not the hero type. Yeah. Anyway, Secret Diary of a SoundCloud rapper, Young Stepdad. Get that shit. It's fucking weird and funny and a little bit depressed. And then I should have a new novel or two coming out this year and next. One of which I can't talk about and the other one of which is called Rap Police and it's going to be out through Broken River Books. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Michael, it's always a pleasure. Hopefully, we'll do it again in less than two years. Mm-hmm. And as always, you can find me on Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and Slayer on Facebook, twitch.tv slash Matt F and Slayer. You can find the fucking Patreon at patreon.com slash Matt Slayer, where you can see the video version of this podcast. That's right. And you can find the podcast at And Now We Drink on Twitter and Now We Drink underscore on Instagram. And until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. And you can add me based on whatever he links from this podcast. Ding.